content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks. Because, because duality, duality is, is a thing. Yizzo! You guys weren't expecting just to hear my voice. This, I think this is the first time that I've been the first one to intro with the Yizzo. Antonizzi. Our beloved porcelain princess is taking the week off. So shout out to her radical rest. I am joined by a queen. I love it. I I picked and chose no one other to fill the shoes of Antoinette. But I just want to say I miss Antoinette. I know. I'm going to have to come back and say hi because I miss her so much. And I she just she has some her. big shoes to fill and I'm lightweight yeah, nervous to be doing this by myself. But <laughs> here we are. We're here together. How about that? How about it? For those we of you buy. who just don't know who that voice is, I am here with Aaron. Aaron Amel, you might be uh, familiar with her Instagram and her amazing Brand and oh, you don't like to be called a brand, so let me bring that back. Her, her amazing business. So, Aaron, what is your Instagram? Because I didn't even bring it up to know it off the top of my head. Hold up, let me let me bring this no back. Worries. Instagram is at Aaron Amelism. Aaron the Amelism. study of Aaron Amel. It's so funny when I created that. I feel like Instagram has been ancient and like renewed so many different times that like. Just thinking about when you first started Instagram and like where we're at now and like where whatever your at name is now is kind of like this is who you are. Right. Right. Well, study of Aaron and Mel. I'm so happy to have you here. We have an amazing episode to go through together. Um, This is the second time that you joined us. Yes. We the second the. Go ahead. Locks the first time too. Did you have, were you just starting your locks? I think I was first showing the world my locks at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to go into your updates because you definitely went and cut off all of your locks. Um, And when a woman cuts her hair. I started by combing them out. I started by combing them out. So that's a whole, it's a whole process. It was, it was layered. Well, I know, you know, something's going on when a woman cuts her hair. So we're going to learn about it. Um, we'll just start off with some updates. I'll, I'll just share my shit. It's actually, it felt like I haven't been in this seat just doing the regular podcast in weeks. We've been traveling to New York and like doing again, a lot of guests, but, um, I just, I feel like with all of this movement, I feel like I'm like on the on the edge of something, on the precipice of something. I feel like the energy is just pushing me forward in all the areas of my life and like changes coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I'm trying to be with brace it. Yourself. I'm Yeah, I'm trying to brace myself. I'm trying to ground myself most importantly. 
Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I want so that I'm like not dragged a completely different direction than, than where I want to be. So I'm like, yeah, just like feeling the thing and trying to ground myself and like ground myself in gratitude, but also like this energy of, of what I want. Um, like charging forward. Yeah. Yeah. With precision, with you pre- know, it's like, with, like you said, pulling that gratitude. arrow back. I'm a motherfucking Sag. So like, I, I you yes. know, that bow and arrow, like, yep. <laughs> the centaur, like you got your eye on something, you know, it's actually like, refi- like, I feel like I'm also in this space of like refining mm-hmm. what it is that I want. Because like you said, like, you feel like you're on the edge of a breakthrough. Everything is shifting and changing, you know? Um, and the possibilities truly are right now endless. You get what I'm saying? Like. And to sit in that, yeah, and to sit in that, though, too, like, I think that we say that, but to actually feel like, oh, shit, like, I can do anything I want to do. I have to figure out what it is I want to do. What do I want to do? Like, yeah, that can feel daunting. But here we are. It's like sitting with gratitude. Yes, because part of it, the other half of it is enjoying the journey. Exactly. You know, exactly. So it's like. And there's this balance of putting forth the energy, being present with it, and also being grateful for the entire ride. It's it's a, a tra- it's a practice now because sometimes you get scared as as all hell. Sometimes you get yes. pulled in all different directions. But I'm doing it. I'm I'm taking it slow. Um, it looks good on you. Thank you. I've it been. It looks uh, good on you. I've also discovered the miracle of instant oatmeal i know that sounds crazy a lot of people say instant oatmeal is really bad for you but i've discovered sprouted sprouted instant oatmeal from whole foods and it's changed the game for me because breakfast it's too much work i'm busy it's difficult like i'm not that hungry so I just make this little instant oatmeal and it's not even a package. Like I weigh it out so I don't feel as guilty. Like, you know, nice. I, I weigh like it scoop. out. Scoop, scoop. It's about eight bites. And then my belly's nice. full and I'm on my, I'm, I'm around, like just and starting my oatmeal. day. And it's oatmeal. So I feel so good about you myself. feel good. It's a game changer. I can't remember the grown? brand of it, but uh, when I get that together, I will share it with you guys because it's really, it's really. You're a grown ass woman. I'm a grown ass woman. I got from Whole Foods sprouted instant oats. You heard me? Well, yeah, right. You're a grown ass um, woman. What Five else have I been me. doing? I've been watching Sex in the City. I've been watching Sex I've been in... trying to get into it. I've been watching. I, I'm not talking about the new one. I'm talking about the old. I've already finished the new I've one. Me too. I've been trying. I've been trying to get into old Sex in the City. I felt like I was too young. To yes. get into the tea. I was yes. like sneaking into the TV. So I'm trying to like put myself in the mood because I feel like, tell me if you can relate. I don't know. Just having accessibility online. You you are cultivating. You're in the middle of your own sex in the city. Word. And you feel it. You get what I'm saying? You feel it. And it's like, what position? You almost have, we have a manuscript of like <laughs> how to navigate that you get what I'm saying like that's the part of the reason why I want to like break down and get back into it I've, I'm on season five now and I think what I am appreciating about it at, at this age that you're saying how universal the themes were like even for these right. 
you know, rich white ladies in New York City, a lot of the themes that are coming up around relationships and being single and like life choices that you make, I'm like, wow, this is really, it's really well done. So I'm, I'm going over that again. Timeless. Yes. It's it's timeless. timeless. I will Mm -hmm. say I'm at season five and I will say that Carrie Bradshaw's hair is a fucking mess. She progressively <laughs> looks a mess because they hate curls. You you can see like the yeah. anti-blackness in in the show. She started off with this healthy wild curls and then all of a sudden brittle. Brittle girl drop. <laughs> they tried to make brittle. it into these waves. I was like if you y'all are and then they cut, she has this weird bob right now that she and then they wand curl wand the curls. I'm like, wow, you would do anything but have this bitch rock her natural. White women are also hating their curls. I said, yeah. wow, wow. Wouldn't it be interesting if like she chose to wear her hair like this? Like she had all autonomy to choose to wear which way to wear her hair. I just don't want to hear that side and that this is what you chose. Exactly. Cause season five is a mess. I said, wow, Carrie is not, she's actually not that cute. Cause I, I'm I think she's a really sexy woman. Like everyone says she looked like a foot or a horse or whatever, but I, I think, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think she epitomizes to me women. I think Androg is like, I don't know. Epitomizes women. mm -hmm. Like it's like this balance of, both energies that can nurture and like right you know like bring forth life like you get what i'm saying like it's the ultimate power so like i don't know that's rude it it is rude it wasn't nice aaron it was rude that they said she looked like a shoe and a horse but i'm i'm telling you season five is giving a little bit of that when they let that when they did (laughs) when they did that to her hair and i'm i need to see these memes i need it's, to see the comparison it's just I the pro- when you when you get into it and you get into the seasons and again you know yeah you're all attached to this character you're attached to her fashion and then you see what they do to her hair and i'm like wow it's just because even white women Anti- hate yeah, curly hate hair girls. even white women because sh- on especially on themselves they'll walk up to you and be like oh this is beautiful mm-hmm Word. I like what you do with the place. You get what I'm saying? And like, Shout like, out to all the Jewish girls with the amazing curls. You better love your motherfucking curls. You better do your big chops them and yeah, stop straightening chops. Nope. it. Throw some no fucking brittle. conditioner on that hair. No brittle bob. No brittle, <laughs> no brittle bob. <laughs> that brittle bob is season, <laughs> season five. I said, why? Well, I don't think I can finish this now. This bitch got to <laughs> do somebody. Like, I don't give a fuck about her story no it's more. just want to like, right, like. She got to go. She like, clearly to... she's in distress. That's what it's giving. She's in distress. She's in limbo for I'm real. I'm not even going to hold her because this is what I'm giving. Like, I'm giving. No, like, not at all. for two years. That leads us to your update. For those of you who are not on Patreon, that sucks for you. But for those of you who are on Patreon, you can see that Aaron has this beautiful short cut, slick to the side, colored, given, oh, given 90s, fine. Given a round away, That's girl, fine. One. But she used to have a head of locks that, you know, I remember you being oh, very yeah. proudly cultivating them. What had happened? I, girl, I, okay, so when I locked my hair, I did it extremely impulsively. You know, I had been trying to do it forever. For con- um, 
for commentary. Like I'm an Aquarius rising, so I'm extremely mixy, right? I see. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely mixy. <laughs> as much as I try to be like, I know what I like. I like the same things. Like no, like I like to switch it up. I like to change it up. And um, when I locked my hair impulsively, I was committed to the fact of like everybody telling me over the like the course of my life, like I would never be able to lock my hair. That was like one of the things that I could always do. They would say, you know, you could wear every hairstyle, but I never see you locking your hair. Like you can't sit still for that. And I was like, Locked yes, I can. I just don't want to. Um, and what's fun. <laughs> Funny you mentioned that because what's crazy is I felt like, um, I don't know, like a true testament to myself. As much as I was like proclaiming that I could do it, I hadn't done it because I couldn't. I realized it was just something that I felt like I needed to really journey through and sit with myself. Like you can't talk about, I couldn't even talk about what my hair texture was without completely leaving it alone. And I still think with free hair, we're managing it, manipulating mm. it, cutting it, styling it. I wanted an opportunity just to know what I look like, like when I woke up in the morning, wild. If I was like, you know, on an island somewhere, you get what I I wanted that wild woman experience. And I, I felt very sensual. I fell in love with my sensuality during that experience. So here I am growing shedding you get what Mm -hmm. i'm saying but not like in the literal sense of my hair but kind of like just a whole bunch of like customs and things and norms and i'm growing up right Mm -hmm. so i'm looking at myself and i'm looking at my hair and i'm looking at all all the things that i've learned all the weight that i've carried all the women that i've been in this like one styling process right Mm -hmm. and one day i was having this like i don't know like it was just this overwhelming motion that was just like this journey is done like Mm. you said i've been pushed and everything felt like what's next what's next what's next and i felt like i was really holding myself to like the pseudo commitment that i made just to prove to whoever else in the you know in the back of their mind said that i couldn't do it and i had a moment with myself and i was like aaron you did it your hair has been locked for four years you did it like Point blank period. If you decided this morning to go in there and chop them off, like it's been done, you have them and it, there's nothing that can change that experience for you. Nothing that would take away these past four years, like you doing it, like twisting from twisting my hair, like I said, impulsively leaving them. I pretty much went like, uh, I call it organized freeform. Mm-hmm. So, like, my locks were not all one size. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, I kind of like, I just did whatever I felt. I went intuitive with it. Mm -hmm. So when I went into it intuitively, I told myself, like, I would go out the same way. So I pretty much was, like, you know, feeling very, like, claustrophobic within myself. Mm. You know, as, like, uh, identifying as a very free woman. And I don't mean free in a sense. I think, like, that's a... the, The narrative now, free, modern, all this stuff, like, has such a negative connotation, I feel like. There's a lot of media being pumped up, like... um what that woman represents and for me free is just having full autonomy to my choices and decisions you know like i want to grow my hair because i want to grow my hair i want to be bald-headed because i want to be bald-headed you know like not really being tied to um any other opinion aside from my own and the way to do so is to be in touch with yourself so it's very interesting how I had kind of like all the narrative that I had been pushing and fighting. I realized like I was actually like digesting. I was consuming. Mm-hmm. So I challenged myself. I said, okay, I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to do nothing and I'm going to sit with myself and my thoughts and I'm going to comb my hair. 
I'm gonna like comb them out. So I used a whole bunch of conditioner, girl. I'm going through it. It it was a lot more emotional than I anticipated it to be. Mm. I combed my hair down and I literally had pictures. I'm gonna send you some after we get off the um the chat. But like my hair like came all the way past my nipple. Wow. Like girl. I started my locks, girl. I started my locks, like my hair was like less than half an inch on my head, right? So here's this process where this unfreeing was supposed to be very like cathartic and you know like a new experience for me I felt like it was doing quite the opposite it was mm. overwhelming me I had never had that much hair on my head mm. I go from being like bald to like overwhelmed by all this hair and I'm just like this is not what that was supposed to do it gave me a new worry so I literally just sat in the mirror and was just like <sighs> I love that I love that for you I love all of that <sighs> I love especially you saying I'm done with the locks because I think so many people think when they they grow their locks out, it's like it's like, oh, I have, I have to, to stick with this or like I have yep. to get them really long. Like, you know what I mean? Like yep. that same and kind I, of conditioning with hair and having long hair happens. And I felt that me subscribing to that, it's like I had no desire. I didn't even know what I would look like. Right. And then like as people are seeing me, they're like, oh, you look I can't wait to see, you know, mm-hmm. their projections started to fail mm-hmm. me. And I'm just kind of like, I'm not tied to it either way. I'm going to be disappointing. I, but once I realized, oh, my followers are going to drop once people know, like, I've uncombed my hair. Because some people are only following me because that was the, that's what they romanticized. That, that was the draw. And to me, I'm like, this is such a, the smallest part of my journey. If you, if you started following me at this part of me being locked you're late here mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying like or you have no idea what i'm actually about you have i've cleaned it up honey <laughs> you get what i'm saying <laughs> i've cleaned it up baby so like what you're getting from me is you're getting this new woman and she has she was in a cocoon you get what i'm saying and that's why i locked my hair i locked my hair to settle down to protect myself to to get on board, to get on focus. And now it's just like, you know, I'm ready to be, I'm like in a bottle, like in a soda bottle, all shaken up. Like I was ready to be released and I'm back. Well, it looks, you you look good no matter what you do. So shout out to this short hair, fine ass woman that you is I, I right like now. Tweety Bird. It's cute. Oh, you give me. I like it. <laughs> Tweety Bird. That's so I love cute. it. My mama good. used to call me Tweety Bird when I was a little girl. And I was like, it's giving inner child work. It's perfect giving inner child show. work perfect for what we're about to talk about. Shout out to that. Yep. What an update. Um, I'm going to move you? on to some hot shit. Now, this just came to me um, yesterday while scrolling. I was actually looking at Kanye West's posts. And then somebody within the comments was like, this bull, this bull spitting. And right when I hear anybody say bull, I'm like, oh, you must, you have to be from Philly. So I went right. and I clicked on their um, profile. And this is the most beautiful artwork and artist that I have ever seen in a really yes. long time. Now, I'm not like, um, I'm not really, like, I, I appreciate pottery, but this is like black ass pottery. So think of okay. like Greek vessels that are really curvaceous that, you know, have like the yeah that have like the imagery on it that like tell a story so he has these gorgeous vessels but on the the pot are black ass images and so there's images of like what's going on in in his hood 
you know, on this like Greek classic ancient looking pot. He makes these gorgeous teapots that have um, bell hooks on them and just amazing black feminist activists on it. His name is Roberto Lugo. He's in Philly. He's an artist, activist, educator, poet, and he's the founder of The Village Potter. So I recommend that all of you guys go to his um, Instagram. It's Roberto. I'm going to spell it all out for you guys, but check it out because it's just like... It, it's the dopest shit. And it made me be like, oh, if this shit was like $25,000 and I could afford it, I would immediately buy his artwork because it's it's just doing, it's just hitting all of it's the points. doing everything. Yeah. How do you put, how I'm going to spell it right now. It's R-O-B-E-R-T-O-L-U-G-O-W-I-T-H. O U T wax. So it's Roberto yeah, Lugo without wax. And uh again, I just I'm I'm just flabbergasted and I, I'm I'm rooting for him. Like he has a fan. And I think he like releases these collections every now and then, um, of just like simple cups and you know, like everyday things that people can buy that aren't a bajillion dollars and I'm definitely going to be able to look out of it because his artwork <laughs> is Basquiat teapot I love it do you see it yeah isn't it cute it's the, yes, it's, I love it's amazing it. I love him it is the journey truth I love it it's so cute I'm here for it I'm here um, for it so and, and he's crazy <laughs> he's crazy and he's like this passionate like he's passionate Latino boy that like you know, does poetry like and like a, like a family guy. Yeah, and he's a he's Philly. So kids. when I meet him, he's got a fan because I'm I'm really hype off of him, and I want to check oh. out the Village Potter as well. Village Potter two one five. Um, moving on to pop culture, mode. I have I, I have this question for you. I wonder. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious how you respond. So I, I was uh, scrolling and I saw that Keisha Cole shared a story, and I don't know much like a. Apparently, Keisha Cole has a lot of um, stories. stories and antics that have been very public. I guess she had a show with her mom and like people are really invested mm-hmm. in Keisha Cole. I don't know that much about her, but I guess this gives me okay. a glimpse into her. I, I know a little bit about old Keisha. I don't well, know anything about this story. But this I may, do know this may make sense to you. And I'm just curious as to what you think. So she recalled a time that she and Eve, our Philly beloved Eve, E-V-E, E-V-E. were close friends. But Keisha was, I guess she was just out here wilding. And apparently (laughs) Keisha and Eve were walking along and a fan or somebody touched Eve's purse. And Mm -hmm. Keisha turned around and smacked the girl in the face. And Eve was like, yo, I can't fuck with you anymore because you're, you're crazy. Like, a liability. And, you, like, you and Keisha Cole was like, but girl, I got your back. Like, I don't, I don't. I'm your friend. I'm like, your friend. Wrong? Like, what you talking about? So my question is like, what, what would you do? Like, would you have done like even, but like, yo, I can't fuck with you anymore. You, you, you are well. Like, what do you do with your overzealous friends? Because we may not have friends that are like, um, go to the extent of violence but you have your friends that are like hype in different ways they're very protective or they're like you say one thing and they're like oh i hate this person too or like you know what i mean 
No, no, no. I complete. I know so much of what you mean that um, I'm gonna kind of throw myself under the bus here and kind of admit that I am that friend. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little like I'm working on myself, and this is like the whole this whole episode. I think is just really funny um, because it relates. Because what I can acknowledge specifically with Keisha is childhood trauma mm-hmm. and how like. A bad relationship with your mom really does just affect your relationship with other women. And I've, let's just say the past two years specifically, I've been doing a lot more like conscious and intentional work around that, you know, just I, so I can relate to, you know, that's my girl. I do anything for my girl. Yeah. And then like your girl also being like in another space where you, you're with that tone. It's like Eve understood that, Mm -hmm. you know? That's a girl. She's been in from the same situations. They've she knows that. However, she has elevated and grown or in parts of her journey, she's in a different place. You can't teach that to your home girl. You get what I'm saying? Nothing but time and opportunity and her own personal choices are gonna get her to that place. You know, you can support her, but at the same time, it's also like, you know, I've had I've had what I who I feared as homegirls kind of like decide that, you know what, Aaron? You're doing too much. You don't look good for the brand. Yeah. <laughs> you, get what I'm <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Especially if I'm like, I'm not a brand. I'm not. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've had to kind of like really accept like, I mean well, but my well-meaning is not the same way. And that's honestly, that's good because you ain't going to ride for me the same. And I'm not going to be able to read it the same way, you know? So it's like. Keisha, you can't go slapping strangers. You know, I probably would have asked permission. You get what I'm saying? Like, yo, you good? That's like double check then. I would probably wouldn't have knee jerked so quick. But I can't say, you grabbed her purse. That's weird. Like, don't she deserve to be smacked? Like, well, listen, listen. But Eve was like, listen, I got a place that I need to be. I got, th- I'm at a certain place. I got to cut you out, you wildin'. And I think, I think it was, I didn't listen to the full episode, but just like you said, I think, and I don't know how she cut her off. Like, I don't know if she's like, Me I ain't either. fucking with you. But I think I hope this... she sent her a card and some flowers. Like, I love you, boo. But, but I, you know, I, I love no the... liability. I love right. the compassion and the grace that you're like, because that, that's real. Like, the only reason she's wilding like that is is from a place of, like, shit. She probably had to protect herself at all costs. And that's how she well, was taught to behave for the people she that she loved. Right. So, but... It was instant. It wasn't even like, I'm out here trying to look bad for you. No, the truth is... Like, th- it was situational, and, you know, the first, her knee-jerk reaction wasn't wasn't the most graceful, and, you know, the relationships with women are delicate in that way. Child. I've learned. Well, Girl, I've I th- learned. I think Keisha learned her lesson. From that, I think she learned her lesson, oh, but... Uh, Clearly, we ain't here. Child. Has that woman ever come out with a story <laughs> said, I got slapped by Keisha Cole? I've never heard it. Did it happen? Mm. Maybe Keisha... Eve cut her off for another reason. We don't know. But, but Eve, like, probably many reasons. Eve was like, I'm trying to marry a billionaire white man and you making my brand look bad. Like, the, the exactly. fuck's going on She's here? She's like, literally, like, she went from Stevie J to, like, a house on the hills. Who, who is and, that and, man? Who is that? Who? And he's like a generic white man, too. You know, he's not like, you know how some of the white men be like, fine white men? Striking. Like, oh. Striking. Yeah, you're like, damn, yeah. I get it. I get it. But no, he's, Eve just, is- he's just like... A fluffy white man, like a like a you know he he feels comfortable man. and safe. Like she she, she, she bless their child. She having a baby yep. by them. Bless that child. Bless Eve. Bless that baby. She made it out the hood. 
Shout out to that Eve. Philly baby. That Philly baby. That Philly baby. Speaking of another Philly baby, Quinta. Quinta Brunson. You know Quinta, right? Yes. So a lord. A lord. You got money. <laughs> Shout out to her progression. Shout out to her longevity Amen. via the the interwebs. But yeah. that's shout out to working women. That's my Sagittarius Citroen. That's my girl. And That's she great. was just recently on the shop with LeBron James, her peers. She's amongst her peers, them being Donald Glover and LeBron James. Yes, and I was, I'm so happy for her because Donald Glover was giving her her flowers. And he was saying how impressed he was for her creation of Abbott Elementary and he said he was, this is what he said. He says, watching, I was so jealous because I was like, this is a good show. And it's hard to do that on network television. That's hard to do, doing it on a big stage like that and not pulling punches and understanding yourself enough to get it through. That's really hard. So I, I don't know about you, but I love Donald Glover. I think he... I love Donald Glover. That's yeah. a who I he's an incredible. That is a very this is a brilliant man. A brilliant man. So for him to be yeah. kind of like you know bowing down no, and giving her, her flowers, right? Shout out to Quinta. It, on a public display. Yes, public display. That's one thing that I do know or have heard about him. Like you know, as far as his spirit is, like he's very like honorary without the need to kind of like like no, I don't want you. I'm not the celebrity here. Like the masterminds are. You know, kind of like highlighting great thinkers you know and i really think that's dope shout out to quinta man shout like, out to quinta i would be you're just writing vine in my boots though like she was vine skits child to an abc sitcom is it abc National, that's i don't know what it is it's on hulu so when it's on hulu i don't know it's on hulu. what it's on, it, it's on hulu what network it is i think it's abc right, i think it's i think it's ABC check it out you better fact check yeah yeah we don't want to tell the people the wrong thing they listen, right? but White people don't fact check, apparently, because the Black ABC? Panther director, Ryan Coogler, was mistakenly detained by police because this nigga went into a bank and the I'm white so people thought that he was helping stage a robbery and called the cops on him. To stage it? From to, to, yeah, he was staging a robbery. So this nigga probably going to the bank like, let me get $150,000 cash. Let me drop my bands. <laughs> because I'm a rich man. I Wakanda forever. <laughs> I'll be rich forever. And these white like, people what? were like, no, it doesn't make sense. You're definitely trying to rob us. Um, no, you're setting us up here. Your, you're money's, setting in, us your, up. your money's in the back, but you're setting us up here. <laughs> and and sent that late. man to jail, child. I, you know what? You know, I, I, what I don't like about things like that, it's like, the, what, there's never an appropriate response. Like, no matter how angry, embarrassed, and frustrated we are, there's never an appropriate response other than submission. And I'm like, to think, what would I have done as a civilian in my bank, you get what I'm saying? Like, going to take out $20. What the fuck? You get what I'm saying? Like, who the fuck? He must have been you? asking for a lot of money. 
He must have asked him because apparently he walked in. He like wrote the amount on a piece of paper and like handed over discreetly. It was like, run me my paper. And I, I guess they were like his friends. It says uh, two of his colleagues were in the car. So the, they must have seen his friends in there. Okay, so they were see. like, oh, these okay, niggas see. is doing some some dangerous criminal shit. Okay. And so the white woman well, got scared. She did what she was she what she thought she was supposed to she, do. But that's, she did. What is the procedure when there's a gun in your face? You remember that? Set it off. But there was no gun though. That's what I'm saying. That's what she was giving. She's giving what is the procedure when there's a gun in your face? Exactly. When there's a black man asking for lots of it, money. For his money. For like, his money. Like, but did she even did she even go look to see if he had it? Did she look at his motherfucking name? Girl. That's what I'm saying. Like, did he swipe his debit card for it to come up yet? Did we get to that point? Did he put did his, he put his pen in, in, bitch? Did he put his pen in? Like, <laughs> ask him his... Sir, it was declined. I think you hit the wrong button. Could you try it again? You get what I'm saying? Like, I... Now, I do... I do. This is just me being nosy. I want to see the surveillance cameras. I need to see... Did he just write it down? Did he flip it? Qu- like... I want to know what he had on too. Like, did he come in? Girl, it like, was like a no. How no, did he dress? I saw him in a gray hoodie. I saw him in a gray hoodie. Like, it was a it gray was, hoodie. Yeah, it, light gray, heather gray. It's giving broad yeah, day. He like tried it. <laughs> running <laughs> errands. Like, not a hoodie, I, girl. I, girl, I put one hundred fifty cash, and I'm gonna put because I we about in to go hoodie. anyway. Yo, he was he was wilding. I hope he ain't asked for that much. I hope he asked for so much. I hope he did ask for $150,000 in ones because I'm taking my was, boys out to the yeah. shaky butts and I don't want my wife <laughs> to know. Let's butt. go. Like, let's no, hurry fact. this shit up. I wanted the pennies. So <laughs> throw it at he could say however he like, wanted to. But yep. he, uh, what he said Not was... Not to land you spent uh, like an evening or afternoon in jail and then you have to get out and tell the world. So I hope Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Stop and he's coming money. out with the next Wakanda forever. That that next Black Panther gonna be political and radical as shit. He's <laughs> gonna be in a bank. <laughs> he's gonna blow up a bank. He's gonna have some <laughs> bank tellers getting fucked. That would be amazing yeah. if he did that. If he like had a scene in a bank where like like, like just like a pass through, like a quick little like <laughs> quick little interaction. I hope he does that. I hope it's Me radical too. as shit. I hope it's just like you know he's gonna have. You better his put white it in the like, books forever. Fuck. You white know, people don't have them rewrite your your history. He better put it in that movie. He uh, he, he should give you credit. What he said was, "This situation should never have happened." However, Bank of America. Oh, that's the bank. Just so y'all know, well, listen. Bank of America listen, worked with me and addressed it to my satisfaction, and we have moved on. Bank of America. That just shows you that that sounds about First right. Off, that's how America moves. Yeah, but he. Yeah, but he. What an irony. He made. You know, Wakanda forever, and he banking with Bank of America. What in the irony? I don't know if I feel. I don't know how I feel. You better go to a black bank and let them. Would they discriminate you? They would have gave you your money. They might not have given you that one fifty on the draw, but (laughs) they might have had you come back the next day to come pick it up. But (laughs) 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 next week, but like you would have been able to get your money. Like shout out to black businesses and politics now. There's a lot going on in politics, especially with Russia and Ukraine. Antoinette has probably so much to say. I, I, I do as well, of course, which probably differ from Antoinette's um, points and facts. I'm, you know, white people going to do what they do and secure the bag. However, 
they possibly can, and that's always the rule of the game. But uh, we'll we'll go deeply into that um, next week. With I can't wait to hear Antoinette. Yeah, Antoinette goes ham. You know, she starts talking about senators and you know city council members. She starts like she should. Pull their cards. Like, oh, here's his beeper number. She does. She's daughter's Instagram. Into it. I'm yes. like, girl. I love it. I love they it. They all doing <laughs> the same thing, girl. But, uh. No. <laughs> Such a sad. I am. I'm just like, girl, girl. It's all the same thing now. Money, <laughs> money, power, respect. You know, money, cash, hoes. Yeah. It's no different than Jay-Z. What Jay-Z like talks about. Everything. Right. <laughs> um, no facts. But we'll definitely uh, get into that. But this week, I, I will talk about Blessed Biden. Biden has come through and given HBCUs Byron. over $2.7 billion over the last year via the Higher Education Emergency Relief Fund. So this relief fund requires all of these funds to be used, excuse me, requires half of these funds to be used to, pr- to provide direct financial relief to students. So if you went to an HBCU, please, please, please make sure that that is happening for you, that you are getting some relief because, you know, the schools then got some money and that is a requirement that they help with the financial relief to students. So please take advantage. Ask, you know. Um, Your counselors. Yeah. Ask folks like, yo, when, wh- how, how can I benefit from how that? How do I run to the money? Yeah. How can like, I help with that? Uh, but shout out to that. That's important. That's important. If you go to Howard, you make sure you hold them accountable publicly. <laughs> you know, what we were just all of them. a couple months ago. Yeah, especially them. like, yeah, everybody who's been on, you know, Twitter advocating for the conditions of the, their campus sure. and housing and living. No, this is your time. Like, you got that money at the door, and you can you, you can look specifically at how much money your um, school was given. If you go to the site, the American Rescue Plan, um, it's on the government site, and it details and gives exactly how much each college received. So um, accountability. accountability, it's giving it's giving Bitcoin <laughs> for the colleges, like it's giving like public ledger, like. Um, like I mean, I'm not against it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it, and I hope it's put good, to put to good use. And I hope all again, like you students, are aware of that, and that you demand that it's being put to good use. Um, Biden is also encouraging folks to get back in the office and um, go back to work. Like, stop working from home, go back to the office, especially now that the COVID cases have fallen. I'm such a Virgo, so I don't know if my contributions to the parts of this conversation are even. What's what? What's a Virgo? Uh, that's amazing. A Sag and a Virgo talk about politics. That's funny. <laughs> what you got to say about that's, that? That actually sounds like a political joke right there. That's it. But um, for the most part, I'm like beyond the fact that, like, you know, like we're still actively in a pandemic. Okay, like that is. That is a very important part of this, but let's just for a second imagine we've all just been on a two-year vacation, right? For the sake of emphasizing getting back into office. Um, We also see like where these gas prices and inflation and everything is right now. And I have this, I'm seeing it. I, I see everything's so high right now because nobody's working. 
we are like literally like they are trying to make up for the flow of the money through the places that we have to spend it. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm like part of the reason why they want to get us back into the office is so we go we go back to happy hours. We go back to brunches. Word. We go back to doing the th- going back to the grocery store for ourselves. We go back to using the gas so the gas prices goes down. Like as far as the way Unfortunately, this structure is set up in cap in a very capitalistic way. It works better when we're all working. <laughs> when the commute <laughs> you know, is happening. Even, yeah. Yeah. When the f- traffic is flowing, when like, you know, like when we are active, when we are active in our lifestyle. Now, do I believe that there is a way to be active and like to be forward, like progressive, active and like different than before? Absolutely. I think we're actually in a very fertile place where we can redirect or reset up or reconfigure what that working world looks like, where it doesn't look the same as it did before, but it also like advocates for the mental health. It advocates for everything that we've learned within the last two years. You get what I'm saying? So I don't think it's as simple as, or it could be as simple as go back to work. Yeah, we get back to work, but what are what is being in place or what's going to be implemented to ensure that we don't become a society that runs ourselves back into the ground you get what i'm saying that 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 this thing perpetuates and it happens again so we are too fragile to not think of one another in a way of like looking at like me working does help someone else you know um i think as a society right now a lot of us individually our families are hurting financially um that would not necessarily be the case if we were collecting. If we're carpooling again, going to work. If we're utilizing our community and our services again for what they were established for, they weren't. We weren't. We're not. Peop, we're not made to live on our own. You know, we're mm-hmm. not made to be isolated. Mm-hmm. We're not made to have to build everything ourselves. So without the community, without the outreach, and without even our children experiencing what that world looks like networking socially, like in person, I I think it's like imperative we do so. We just have to figure out how to do so safely and in a way that like re- you know re- represents the care and compassion for us all, you know, uh, you know, compromise. To and- expect Biden or the government to like enforce that, I think is impossible. Yeah. But I love the idea of how in- how to do that or how to extend yourself and like, like do it together. Like, I love that idea. That's so true because even you know, even bring thinking- back unions, child, just bring just the idea you get said again of like carpooling. I think is amazing or like however however you can lessen the um energy that you have that you expended because when we think about when i think about how i was moving before the pandemic i i don't even i can't get back to that i can't operate like i physically i like cannot and that may be I a blessing so in itself that so many people yeah. have that. We now have that relativity to be like, oh, fuck that. You want me to go back to the office, but I ain't going back to the op- to the lifestyle that, that I that no. you had me at before. Like, yeah, I'll go into the yeah. office twice a week. Yeah, I'll go to the office like, all right, give me my four day week. Then sure, yeah. I'll go back to the office, but you're not going to. Yeah, no. The, what the f- You can't like. That's how I think it should go. I think the conversation should be like set where your employees talk to the employer and like it has like 
the relationships, everything's different now. It all, all these peace treaties and all these agreements and everything has to be reconfigured. As we already know. I mean, all the way from the Constitution, all the way down. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Like everything right, <laughs> everything right now needs to be dismantled, wiped away, cleaned out, irrigated, and like rebuilt. Um, with you know, that's why we have board members and teams. People get together collectively collectively from different experiences and like shape what that future is this is new world order that's what the age of aquarius is giving you i have no idea like girl i see it and <laughs> I, i'm just like i love how optimistic you are about it i'm like no it's gonna crash and burn we gotta burn this shit down we gotta explode it it's gotta like we gotta have blood again, and has to spill and that's what i said I said it's crazy. It's giving Virgo because I understand the power of hard work mm. and like true Virgo characteristic is nature is that thankless work. You get what I'm saying? I do mm. the hard things because like it needs to be done and they're thankless. People don't understand how systems get set up and like whatever. They're autonomous and that's the peace. That's the Virgo point. You get what I'm saying? Virgo worries that. and stresses that's... about all that so everybody could be at... It's seamless. You get what I'm saying? So like... I think a lot about it and I'm like, what does the world need right now? We're shifting and breaking, trying to hold on to things that don't no longer work. But there's some things about these things that do work based on how we are as a people. Collectively, we're so individual. Even if we have no other collectivity, like collective mindset within one another, aside from the fact that like I go to work every day just so the gas prices could be lower. Girl. I bless just if we thought simply. Not that like I like my job or any, mm -mm. I give it two days a week because of the fact that movement, you know, gets energy flowing. Stagnant things stack up like inflation. That's what that is. It's inflammation. Like, well, you know, those those gas prices tricky. Those gas to quote internet, it gets tricky when it comes to the gas prices because no, we right. got we and that's, war. Yeah, and war. And because of the yeah. war. Because of the yeah, <laughs> it's giving war. Like it's giving war. It's giving <laughs> resources. New world. It's giving yep. It's giving natural resources. It's giving like <laughs> landfills. It's, it's giving global warming. It's giving, <laughs> it's giving so many things at once. And and that's another thing I also just want to say. I, I I think that so much can be done when we move collectively. Um, but I also want to say like the the collective willpower also could be directed towards the motherfuckers that again are at war or again are invading other folks's you know land are causing displacement are causing imbalance in yeah. the environment like i want us to move far move more away from like oh this idea that we're responsible for the change and moving towards like, oh, we have to make these people that have a lot of power and a lot of money to make these changes as well. To like right. hear us. Because um, they'll have right. you think like, oh, yeah, all you got to do is just, you know, carpool and the gas prices will yep. be okay. Oh, Nigga, yep. who the fuck are you lying that's to? Another, and that's another thing that I have been like really just part of my personal journey where I've been like unpacking and just trying to process is like. Just working on, I'm closing my eyes now, honestly, just to see it. Because, like, I've been trying to see what a world looks like and a society looks like of based on trust. Mm. And I've been doing a lot of work on unlearning things just so I can really feel, like, pour back into myself what the foundations and fundamentals of trust is. And, like, in, in 
this is also something that I've been working on in therapy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've been like, in I've done a couple of sessions in like complex trauma therapy before. So this is kind of like tying to that in which like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like, anyway, long story short, <laughs> Girl, it's it like, I start thinking about therapy and the next thing you know, just start like, gang signs start going up and just go like that. Girl. I'm thankful for therapy. Therapy allows that a place to go and have to remember like, oh, you're okay. You're safe now. Like, you're good. You are. Um, thank you. That's one of my favorite places to be talking to you. I feel that, but um, I lost my train of thought. Help me out. You were just talking about the collective trust, like us as as yes. as you know building yeah building trust on agreements mm. and like just understanding mm. like how do we move forward? Mm. You know, like building on like having a meeting of the minds, creating these agreements, and on each side of us sticking to them, like literally like a peace treaty, like deciding that this is what we are going to do, and we are going to hold everybody accountable to do it, and we are going to do it. We're going to do it, you know? Um, eventually, I feel like the narrative has... Like, the shift has to be taken. It, trust has to be initiated, obviously, from this powerful side. You get what I'm saying? Like, we have to get... We have to show them our demands and how we're... I like, love what that. will make the, uh, us trust them. You I, get I, what I'm saying? And then hold them accountable to that. We're not going to trust you until. I like, love that. Like, like, I like, love like, that. And then move with that because I'm like, what is the next? It, it's it's trust because like you said, you want to be able to hear carpooling is going to help and that I will actually be able to do something. Carpooling. You get what I'm saying? But if the reality of it is, it's not. Don't tell me that. Don't. Ugh. You know, and I don't know what to believe now. And that is also causing a lot of confusion and confliction. And what, where do we go next? I, Countries right now are like I, really I lo- aimlessly at war. Like it's given like what? Like, I mean, at, at the heart of it, you're right, is trust and is honesty and is accountability. And I think America would would be this amazing world power if she would actually be honest and accountable and be trustworthy. Because when you talk about peace treaties, when you talk about peace treaties and shit, America be the first one to be like, psych. White flag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They be the first one. But that's what you did. Mm -hmm. No, they be be the first one to break it. Like if you think what they did to the indigenous folks, like, yo, okay. Yeah. We we promise we won't evade and crouch in your land anymore. Psych. Like, Mm -hmm. fuck you and the tribe you claim. We taking this. But, (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> yeah, America Shut gets on oh my she goddamn is, nerves. She's a, like, she is a little liar. She's not she very trustworthy. Yeah, yeah, she's not. But so. no, but to to just go back to the basics of like, hey, keep your promises. I think that, yeah. and and the and like you said, the people being the ones to like start creating these promises. Um, like we write the rules, like you said, like you mm. know, like it's not everything so yeah i'm not saying that the answer byron is like yeah we're gonna get up and go back to work in this and a third but these are the demands if we are you get what i'm saying yeah we're at a very fertile time where you know we should be we have the mic you hear us like everything you see it you get what i'm saying Mm. so like we have we also have like a lot of power too and um our power is in 
like you said, our numbers and how we unify and how we lift our voice, lift every Thank voice. Thank you for sing. that. That because that 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 is a beautiful balance to my burn it all <laughs> down and let the blood. <laughs> I mean that too. And when all else fails, have the torches ready. You get what I'm saying? I love it. Like I'm not. I'm not against it. I was like, I'd be like, I try. Like, you get I, I did try to I get the people. Can we just all get along? I, I, yeah. I literally would scream that while the world was burning down. I just wanted to get along. <laughs> like, but oh well. <laughs> oh well, next lifetime. <laughs> well, Girl. I want to shout out some of the new patrons. Again, if you are a new listener or if you are a Long-time listener need to be reminded. I'm going to do it now. Around the Way Curls does have a Patreon where you can see us talk. You can see lovely faces of our guests and ourselves when we feel like getting zhuzhed up. And also some, you know, back-end content that is not on available on the podcast audio. So we do have a Patreon and we have some new patrons that I want to shout out. Shout out to Jasmine, shout out to Alicia, Princess, Gloria, Kendra, B, Abasha, Alicia, number two, and Brittany. Shout out to those around the way names as well. Lots of love and right, love gratitude it. for your, you heard it, <laughs> support. Um, if you cannot afford Patreon, we do understand you can help support us in other ways. All you need to do simply is rate, comment, and subscribe. Um, to our YouTube as well as to our podcast that is available on all streaming platforms. You can also just share. So if you're on our Instagram and you saw a clip or a picture or some, you know, just tell your friends, text somebody, listen to this. That is also greatly appreciated. Um, chat worthy. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, I, lo I love the duality of this episode because we started off really like, ha, 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 key, 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 burn it all down. Maybe we can all get yep. along. And um, we have so <laughs> we have some really, really important um, soul work and conversation to share um, led by you, Aaron, and, and the shit that you have shared with, with folks publicly. And we just want to extend that to our audience because I think it's really important. So after these messages, we'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
Before we get into this topic of this episode, I wanted to give a clear definition of what sexual grooming means. So sexual grooming is the process by which a sexual predator cultivates a relationship with a potential victim. Through grooming, the abuser builds trust and an emotional connection to the targeted victim in order to manipulate and abuse them. Uh, I hope this was helpful and offers a little bit more context and understanding into this episode. And so we're back and um, I was just scrolling on social media and I stumbled upon Aaron's post and this was uh, maybe a month or so ago. And um, in this post, it was a link to a YouTube page. And in this post, it was basically explaining your experience as a young girl and how as a 13-year-old girl, you were groomed by a much older man. And you just sharing and working through the painful consequence that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that kind of rippled and, and ricocheted into your into all areas of your life um and basically sharing this so that other women can relieve themselves of the shame and the guilt and the feeling that they should have known better and understand that you are actually a victim of abuse so for those folks that you know may be experiencing this and may not actually have the emotional bandwidth this is a big trigger warning um because this is about abuse you know this is about rape this is about being taken advantage of and Aaron's healing through it and the story that she has to share through it so I just want to make that very clear to everybody and if you're not able to uh handle that now is the time to turn it off and and come back (laughs) to it but I I hope at some point that you do come back to it because I think that the um I think it's an important conversation and I think that you have a lot of insight and gems and you know you do a lot of heavy lifting for folks and bring a lot of language to stuff that feels really really difficult and hard for folks um girl when I say that I start not to cut you off, no, I'm no, sorry, no. But when I say I realize that um, it is hard, I think that's one of the reasons why um, the YouTube video came about. Um, it's interesting you mentioned earlier in the show about the place that you're currently at, um, you're currently in, feels like everything is shifting and changing. Everything is pushing you, no matter if you're moving or not. You get what I'm saying? And your position right now is to figure out in what direction. Am I being pushed or do I want to push and move myself into? And what I had realized with myself for a long time, I had been in such enthralled in work and being a partner and being a mother mm-hmm. that um, I was not, I was not well, mm-hmm. you know, like I was not feeling like my best self irregardless to on what was going on around me if really good things were going on around me I just was not feeling I wasn't feeling it and I was trying to figure out um why is it that as over 30 I'm 31 so like I'm 30 plus and I realized I don't know like it was it was this weird moment of realizing that people 
on the internet who don't know me can leave comments or make comments about me, good, bad, or indifferent, that I'm like, you really think that? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, it was a moment that was just like, hmm, um, wow. Or I never thought that. It was just like a very interesting perspective. Like, it was just something that kind of like would... Every comment would do so. You get what I'm saying? Someone, girl, you look good today. You think so? Mm. And it was just something in asking that question back that made me wonder why. I know I look good today. Obviously, I posted the photo. But what makes me wonder if they are telling me the truth? Mm. What makes me wonder if they're lying to me? It just made me wonder why. Question, excuse me. It made me question why my first response to that was a question. Mm. Now, Peeling back layers, understanding where I'm at with uh, my my healing journey with um, childhood trauma, deflection <laughs> is a is a side effect of whoa. abuse. <laughs> you ain't gonna start off <laughs> with whoa, nigga, no. So your inability to receive compliments, oh. where does that come from? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I'm 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 asking myself like I'm not. Let's just say I'm not on this platform because I I do, I do work that is like um, that does not touch people. Mm-hmm. And I will say one of the things that um, was very interesting to me a couple years ago when you approached me, <laughs> Chancy, you were like, "Aaron, I love your work," and I was like, "How do you know me? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like like I I could have I've had I've amassed thousands of followers. You get what I'm saying? But it was still this film of kind of like being out of touch." With the reality, with me in this reality, if you're catching my drift. Mm-hmm. So something was just very like, now mind you, I'm a Pisces moon. So naturally, I'm very intuitive, very dreamy. Everything mm-hmm. could be very like romanticized or whatever. But I felt very disconnected. I'm like, everybody sees such great things. Why don't I feel at least equal to that? Where I can in good conscience say, you're right. And not feel cocky or indifferent or arrogant. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you're right. Like, so I started to peel back the layers and do work. And um, one of the things that uh, I'm, I, I, I'm page break. I don't necessarily think that it, your platform, this space, without the consent of your listeners, would be to go into details about my story. Mm-hmm. I don't think that going into necessarily the details of my story would be helpful. But what I do think would be helpful is that we talk about identifying what grooming looks like as a consequence in your adulthood. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of us have experienced very similar experiences, but we we cannot identify them because we don't know what they look like. Mm -hmm. Right. So case in point, tying into the the compliments thing of the deflection, being (laughs) enabled or not being comfortable with receiving them. It took me back to a time where I remember where I was comfortable receiving compliments and who I was comfortable receiving compliments from Um, and thinking about the inappropriateness of that relationship, how those compliments made me feel, Mm -hmm. thinking about when was the last time did I trust without question, you know, Um, and it put me around this time of being 13, right? So I'm thinking about... 13-year-old Erin, what does she like? <laughs> what does she do? Like, you know, her Saturdays. Like, what did her mom, her routine? Like, my mom, I was raised by a Virgo mother. So, my mother had me pretty much on a routine Saturday mornings. You know, we get up, you wash up. You well, you have your breakfast, you wash up, you start cleaning. You get what I'm saying? And after that, my mom had me pretty much like... My mom had me at 17, so let me say that. And I know that she didn't know how to raise 
a baby, you know? So what she allowed was a lot of societies or the communities, like, efforts or initiatives and programs to have their hand in doing mm-hmm. so. So, um, mm-hmm. church. Yeah. Church was a big place, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? That church was, like, essentially it's supposed to be the safest place for a young woman um, to be dropped off, right? So be it, like, she's involved in sports, church um dance was an option you know i grew up in new york so the possibilities were endless but my mom was very big on you know you're going to be in places in which that i trust the adults that are around you um my mom was not a trusting person my mom was very strict we we kept to ourselves you know like we had a very um i don't know like i want i say new york lifestyle where it was like very my mom was extremely social we were social, um, but what happens in your house happens in your house. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, you know, you don't talk about the things that goes on outside of it. And uh, my mom and I, I'm the only girl. So my mom and I naturally, you know, we, we go through things with our mothers. And um, I had a really difficult relationship with my mother. I... I'm not even necessarily sure. Well, I do know where it stems from. It stems from the relationship with her mother. Like, all of this mm-hmm. stuff is genetic, you know? It's, it's repetitive, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> so my mom's relationship, obviously, with her mother and her lack of resources, having me young and, you know, just a lot of different things. I became a very, um, like, obedient child looking for... To be seen, to be, yeah, to yeah. be seen, to be held, looking for absolutely. connection, nurture, you're a yeah, child. looking for, yeah, absolutely, yep. right? And it almost seems like um, a lot of us, a lot of young women, that is, that is who we are at our core. Mm-hmm. You know, we are extremely obedient. We want nothing but to be praised and looked at and seen for who we are. And I think um, there, not think in my, especially in my experience, I can speak for mine. There had been infractions upon me and my spirit long before I knew who my spirit was. Mm -hmm. So while as a young woman, you're searching and you're growing, you're realizing or you're feeling like pieces of you are actually missing, you Mm -hmm. know, like there are voids that you are looking to fill. And one of the things that I... Uh, at a very young age, you're saying, like... At a, at a, from, right, from stemming right, from that your you're mom. looking. Yeah, yeah. Right, just looking and longing. Yeah. Just, like, wishing and longing. Yeah. Um, but longing not just for myself, but for her, too. That's something that I was always, like, very cognitive and aware of. Like, girl, this is how I know trauma just does different things. And I'm pretty sure your listeners can relate. Just, like, wanting to overcompensate for your mother's pain, right? So you hear her upset or crying that she can't pay for this, wishing that you were old enough to have a job Mm -hmm. so you can pay for it, Mm -hmm. you know? Or, hey, mom, here's my allowance. Or here's some money I found on the street. Or even if for some of us, it, it would have become... We're perpetuating what we're watching. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, the girls date boys and the boys give the girls gifts Mm -hmm. and this, that, and the third. How do I, as a a girl lacking confidence, like, how do I, you know, how do I get there? How do I do that? And then what happens is, you know, while you're a young woman experiencing these things, you're going through them. There are people, there are adults, there are predators, right? (laughs) Who can see that? That, You know, we wear it on us. That that ache that yep, long that longing yeah yep, you know because yep. in a child that innocence is so free yeah you get what You're I'm so saying open. I think a lot of yeah. us you haven't learned to protect yourself lot, or to hide that right the shame hasn't kicked quite in yet 
right. shame and protection. It, the shame hasn't set in yet. <laughs> it hasn't even been taught to you, yeah. to be honest yep. with you. Nothing has happened in which it's caused you shame. All you have is a longing mm. and a desire mm-hmm. in which to um, to connect. Mm-hmm. And um, I, for a very long time, at least growing up, or felt like a very long time, at this point you also have to remember when we're children, this is the epitome of our existence. You get what I'm saying? Everything that we're experiencing is the... 100% highlight of my day or it's the 100% nightmare of my day Word. you get what I'm saying yep. or the the week like mm-hmm. it's it's everything that I have to rest on so um everything's for the first the time why. too like you, you've never done this you shit before saying? you know I've never yeah. felt this before yeah. and that's something that I speak about um in relation to my story of realizing now on the high side realizing that the that the relationship, and I'm putting this in quotes, that I had been in, I had categorized this relationship as a significant relationship in my life for a very long time. So this is giving some back history. Um, my grooming experience, I was 13 years old and he was 10 years my senior. Mm. And this relationship for me, I believe 23. that I was in for five years. 23, girl. For five years. I believe that was in for five years. Wow. Yes. All through high school and a moving from a, from my mother when she found out, because that is also part of the story too at some point, but it was not properly addressed. I'm right? sorry. Or, what was know, not properly addressed? When my mother found okay, out. Okay. I will get to that part of the okay. story. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there is that, but my mother did ended up, my mother ended up finding out and she relocated us. I used, I grew up in New York. She relocated us to Maryland. Mm-hmm. The relationship continued while I was in mm-hmm. Maryland because grooming has that type of isolating effect. Mm-hmm. It has that type of control. And it's it's a long-term game. It's The way he introduced and spoke to me at 13, he had all intentions of being able to use certain words many years later and be able to ignite the same interactions and mm-hmm. same feelings. So what I realized... Um, that the psychologically what grooming does to a young woman or what it's done to me, I can't say what it, like I'm not a psychologist, right? I can't say what it does to everybody, but what it has done to me has kind of like extremely clouded my judgment on what relationships of mine were real and what relationships of mine are that were never dangerous, like toxic. You're right. Balanced. They were just inappropriate. Inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I highlight the word inappropriate because an inappropriate relationship will feel or could feel like the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. It could feel like this is made for me. I know there are some young women experiencing or listening to this story and can recall their first boyfriend still in the ones that they lost their virginity to, excuse me, the ones that they were raped by, mm. you know, frankly, and believe I gave my virginity to mm. him. So excuse me while I correct myself here because I'm still unworking mm-hmm. that narrative mm-hmm. and understanding mm-hmm. what has happened to me because I still had believed that I had autonomy over my choices and decisions at 13. Mm-hmm. Are we letting our 13-year-old daughters like, you know, might make their own decisions with their reproductive body you get what i'm saying like as far as like is she ready to have sex do we know if she's you you get what i'm saying do we feel like 13 year old girls can decide that for themselves and feel good about themselves at 30 studies have shown probably not Mm -hmm. right that's what happens with the wisdom and that's what happens with the time spent but by then we have all these women who are isolated from themselves don't know themselves have minds completely polluted with ideas thoughts visions of themselves 
planted by someone who wanted to change or alter the mind of someone so free. You get what I'm saying? Like for a very long time, I had a really hard, um, it, I had a really hard time accepting whether or not if my thoughts were my own or were my thoughts given to me. Hmm. That's something that like I pretty much weighed with psychologically with my own self, like feeling, do I like, the perfect example would be, do I like this type of music because I like it? Mm. Or do I like it because it was introduced to me by this way and through this person? Mm. Um, music does a thing like that, you know? So, um, you're in a relationship. Now, I'm grown. I'm in a consensual relationship now. And you hear music from a certain time that instantly regresses you or puts you back into certain experiences or certain places that inappropriately you didn't need to be as a child um for context i saw a tiktok a couple weeks ago and it was like a this viral little thing of like it was a green screen of like girls sitting in the back seat of a car like holding like bottles of alcohol with her bags and she's just kind of like you know 15 year old me in the back seat of a car like guy i met on chat line to send it there blah 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 we joke about the narrative but so many of us have been like that was fucked taking up. advantage of. Yeah, that was fucked. Taking up. advantage of in in these ways of just looking for attention or looking for validation. And the crazy part is, I hear it in the narrative of today's predators to say she's just looking for attention and I'm giving it to her. If it's not good attention, that your intentions are not good. Why bother? Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be a sense of self self preservation. You know, like unfortunately. There are things that I know now about my groomer because of, you know, we had a we had a five year relationship There's a lot that I know about his trauma, and his childhood. Right. That now I can step back and say, I see why you perpetuated these mm-hmm. things. You were abused. I know exactly why yep. that happened. You were, mm-hmm. you know, and I that's not your fault. However, you get what I'm saying. You have caused great damage. That is your fault. And that is and the truth is we have. We have to acknowledge and accept our decision, decisions, excuse me, and choices and the positions that we played and the hurt that we've caused on other people. So my grooming. And to go back, just groomed, just how you said he, he it is his responsibility and his accountability to go back to what void, what hurt, what connection he yep. was wanting yep. and. Yep in a perverse way, tried to meet his needs because all of us are just trying to meet our needs. All of us are trying yeah. to feel connection. All of us are trying to be yeah. seen and held. So even in his sick way, mm-hmm. he has because to go back to, it it's his perverse, it's a perverse because, way of like getting yeah. your needs mm-hmm. met, but also perpetuating become, the toxic. You're not really, yes. you're not really scratching the itch. Yes. You're not, you're actually abusing, you're manipulating, you're causing, more damage more damage you get what i'm saying it's very possible for you to undo damage or work on the damage that was caused to you but when you don't it's a slippery slope between when you are been damaged and then when you are causing it you are no longer it's hard to embrace you as the victim and hold you as the victim at that point when you are creating more victims because the truth is growing up I made exceptions, me, as a 13-year-old girl, thinking, I feel like this may be wrong. But I'm making exceptions because I am the only one, only as an adult to learn that I never was. Mm. So, like, there's this, this, again, when I said, like, this work that I've been doing about realizing that, 
again, I could make space. I can say, yeah, that was my relationship, right? But I can't call this person, or I couldn't for a very long time call them a, a pedophile. Mm. But the truth is, if you attracted to and sleeping with multiple children and multiple when, children, this person was doing it with. There are multiple. You give. I remember my peers. I mean, fuck it. Saying, one like, is this, enough. One is enough. But that's what I'm saying. But I remember recall my peers. You give what I'm saying. Like when. What brought a lot of this up, and it wasn't necessarily the surviving R. Kelly thing, because R. Kelly, to me, has... Oh, like, I, my abuser and R. Kelly look alike. They favor. We'll say that. And I was brought in under my abuser through the scope of music, being taught music. So there's just something about him that I've always yeah, been very like... I know. Girl. Girl, just like, I can't. You get what I'm saying? So I can't, and I don't. Um... With the R. Kelly thing. But, you know, he had been thrown so much into the media that the conversation had been so loud that I started to feel like my body, my work and everything, I started to feel like I can't pivot. You know how, like, in the pandemic, that was part of, that was the big word of the panty. Mm -hmm. Pivot, pivot, Mm -hmm. pivot. All these businesses have to pivot in order to survive. I could not do so without, you know, I write, right? I write about everything that's going on in my day. I write about the things that I am thinking about, feeling, and how I ebb and flow. This has been on my mind all the time in such a way, in all my interactions, embedded in such in such a negative, toxic way. Like, subtly, though, that, like, I realized I couldn't write anymore without, this is the only thing I wanted to write about. Yeah, it was just coming up. It just was needing to come up. Yeah, You know, like, and again, this is not something that it has it. As far as like me being a very transparent person, I realized out of all the stories I might have told, this is the one that I haven't. Mm -hmm. And this is my biggest. Mm -hmm. So I had to pull into like, what about me was still protecting Mm. this person, this story, this experience. And of course, like me, I'm looking at trying to protect little me, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm protecting my imagery. Mm -hmm. I'm protecting my... The thoughts, the autonomy I felt like I had over my body. I'm protecting little me to say, by not speaking, this is what I thought I was doing. I thought I was protecting myself to say, that didn't happen to you that way. You were special. Mm. That wasn't your story. It was a real relationship. There was real love and care. And and that was real. That's the mind yeah. work. That's, yeah. That that is it. The yeah. realization that like every time I said yes, I couldn't. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like that is hard to accept as the truth, not a truth, the truth, mm-hmm. point blank, period. The same way that I would think to serious, you get what I'm saying? Like he cannot consider your son for those for those that my don't. son. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yes. The, the, the my son is beautiful. Year, little boy. He's beautiful. <laughs> little Gemini. <laughs> crazy so <laughs> i love him to death he's so funny he's so sweet um kanye before before um before the kanye um he's um yeah so serious like I, he cannot consent without without age without wisdom you get what i say he cannot do that for himself right now and i know that ultimately i can ask him hey babe what do you want for dinner but the final decision is my own mm-hmm. you know he cannot get up and go do it himself so because I was still under the rule and thumb of my parents who I realized that you know over time that the relationship I was having with this person they were pulling me away they were I already felt isolated but they were not counseling me or not in my life you know with my best interest 
at heart. My your best interest is your family. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, um, your family is not perfect. Granted, you get what I'm saying. My family was not perfect by any means, but to this day, the people that love me the most, you know would be my mother. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? For a very long time, that relationship that I have created dynamics with my mom or created a relationship in a world that I have with her. Currently, that affects me now. And that's still my mother. Mm-hmm. And she's still here. Mm-hmm. I have hard times talking to my own mother now. Um, honestly, because even as an adult now, I think like I still hold her accountable Word. to some of the yeah. things that have happened yeah. to me. I hold her accountable to the lack of um supervision oh, that I, I have. I, you get I resonate with that so much. I didn't have a similar I wasn't groomed, okay. but I I was I feel neglected in a way that opened me up to explore things, things that, that you probably I should not have that my mother and my father should have you. noticed and should have been very vigilant about and walked me through aside from like, don't do that or the slap on the wrist when they no. did find out. Cause or, my parents, cause no I started facts. having sex early too. And my parents, my mom and dad found out and it was just about you're a prize. You have to have more worth f- feel and more worthy that, all the shame and but then and it just it just created a shame it wasn't because i still feel this hole no i still feel no. invalid I it still wasn't feel about this, yeah it, it, they didn't tap into it i i want to yeah. talk a little bit about this idea of fast right especially with the black community right. i don't know if white folks talk about this <laughs> but there for me yeah, there's an archetype of fast girls in the hood that again is somebody that we look down upon and is held solely responsible for her actions and is not seen as a precious child that should be considered or cared for. And so it's this, I, in my, in, in, in my recollection of fast girls, quote unquote, fast girls in my growing up were the girls that were, not shy about their sexuality who often were more developed in their bodies and like more in tune in their bodies in a specific kind of way. Again, they're just far more sensual beings. They would not shy away from and would often be in complete or direct pursuit of exchange with men and men that were older and, you know, um, we're, we're, didn't shy around fucking. Like, they were fucking. They made it I, known that they were fucking. They would seek it out. Yeah. They would be the ones that would be in the men's face. And... Yeah. Or in the bathrooms. Or in the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And I think we always would label those, oh, she fast, oh, she's a hoe, or she's ran through. And these were girls that were... 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, they probably had a baby or 17, yeah. like se- when you got higher, like the, the consequences mm-hmm. of that early shit or how many children yeah. or how many kids they had or, had, yeah. you know, um, and depends on, especially her early teens that she had multiple children by then that validated that she was a fast she was a fast that yeah she but there was never it was never a concern it was always 
the the responsibility a labeling a labeling a shaming or like a uh, um exalting yeah if, if, if you will kind excluding. of like excluding yeah it was like yes. you know you she a hoe she doing her whole thing like she got men you know and and the and the mm-hmm. stories that would come up would be terrible like in my adult mind now girls that had trains ran on them girls that were in having Recorded. sex with older men in the car drug dealers whatever was yeah. going on but it was yeah. never like just to hear the story Never, never to, never to care for them, and I think that there is something which you, which you were saying in the, in the, how they were almost open wounds in a way that their pain was far more yeah. palpable than maybe somebody that was, um, more shy or more reserved or like, even if they had gone through traumatic things, they were a little bit less out there about it right yeah, like i think that's the thing about and that's the reality how trauma kind of like works i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm take it a step back for a second and kind of like just share with you where i even came up where the title and the talk kind of like came up and how it was like birth um shikari richardson mm-hmm. right she's been in the media and the news a lot right and one of the things doesn't matter whatever the negative press has been she always been like but i'm fast though but i'm fast though but I'm fast though, you know, and it put in perspective to me, hmm, some women actually are literally fast. Mm-hmm. And that is point blank, period. Meaning like I'm quick to see, I'm quick to dismantle, I'm quick to disrupt, mm-hmm. I'm quick to like, you know, or I'm fast. Literally, I can run quickly. You know, we're not all this Fast is not monolithic. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like this idea. Some people have had other experiences in life that have progressed them, aged them mm-hmm. to Matured a certain them, place. Yep. You get what I'm saying? Right. And I'm watching these things. You know, we're just thinking about the power that she had behind her. Her mom just passed. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like she had that on her. She has the weed in the system because she was coping with the death of the mm-hmm. mother. But she was able to watch what she was able to accomplish. Right. We were not thinking that at all, watching her perform. You get what I'm saying? Some people from the stands rooting for her. Some people from the stands hating her for how fast she is. She, I showed up and I did what I'm here to do. You get what I'm saying? The rest of this is your banter, is your talk. Like, it's for you. My... It, in her, the fable of the tortoise and the hare, you get what I'm saying? Like, we all have positions that in part that we play. Shikari plays this part. And I'm looking at this idea that there are women who play a part in society that highlight the trauma mm-hmm. in the society. Mm-hmm, you get mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, where they're, they are the whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, the people around them are the whistleblowers. If we know that this woman is aching, mm-hmm. or this child mm-hmm. has child. been aching, child this child mm-hmm. emphasized we know that this child is aching and we see the people gravitating to this aching child or a broken busted older drug dealing like how is it her how is she being fast mm-hmm. like you get what i'm saying like she's being led astray mm-hmm. she's being taken advantage you know of. Take, right mm-hmm. and i'm looking at and we already know the narrative we talk about it all the time with gender roles and stuff like that for a very long time Power dynamics are interesting because, like, in a cishet relationship and stuff like that, men take the lead, you know? And that's what, as young women, as we see in our our households or homes or parental figures, 
you see the men or the man taking the initiative, taking the lead. In the women's case who don't have, you know, fathers or who are missing uh, a pivotal piece of their developmental like growth, they're looking for that energy. They're looking to replace it. And someone who does not have a child's best interest at heart doesn't have the boundary to say, okay, you seem like you are, you're a really talkative child. You get what I'm saying? That's the truth. You get what I'm saying? Because the truth is an older person, you might, he might've been in a position where he just, nobody talks to me. You're a very talkative child. Mm. It's a match made in heaven at that point, right? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? You didn't have to do much. He had to do no effort mm. to be a listener. Mm-hmm. And she had to do no effort to talk. Mm-hmm. You have them here, like you said, two people with this deficit mm-hmm. doing this thing. And it's all inappropriate. Nothing, we know, nothing good materializes in infertile so- soil. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, like, the fact that the foundation of the relationship is inappropriate everything that it will touch as a result of it will be inappropriate as well and i started to look at the relationship with myself um in a very similar way like i said like certain conversations or certain compliments that i would hear my adult self i couldn't understand why i was like that's not true or what about me doesn't believe that and i would think about the time right perfect example this is going to sound so silly which And I'm going to talk about trigger warning. Like I'm going to reference the body of an adolescent child. You know, I had no butt. I didn't get a butt until I gave birth to Siri until I got pregnant. Shout out to the babies bringing the booties. Let's go. Woman body. That's yep. I ain't get one until I got some. You get what I'm saying? So like for a very long time, I was very insecure about my backside. Like black woman shit. You know, like if you don't have a badunka dunk, Mm -hmm. like. Are you black? Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, like, for me, I remember as a narrative or a conversation piece, he would talk about my butt, the fact that I ain't have one, often. Mm -hmm. And to the point that, like, now this shame, you get what I'm saying? I'm hyper aware of it at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking of shame of, like, no, I don't have one. Guess what? Now I got one now, right? So when someone comments on it, I'm like, no, I don't. And they're like, are you crazy? Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I'm like, no. Well, then, okay, they're like, okay, you're just, like, I, it teeter-totters this line of dishonest, mm. almost. That you think being somebody's undel- being, you don't know if you can trust the person. Or vice versa. They're looking at something directly, and I'm telling them that it's not that. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm. What? And I'm saying that, like, people who are clear-minded, they see it clearly. I'm the one that's confused. Mm. They're not confused. And this is something that's just something I'm, I'm looking at simply as a comment about my body. Your hair's your hat is red. Could be a sim- and you're like, really? You know your hat is red. You get what I'm saying? Like you it this is not up for debate. It's not a question. I had to figure out why did I question everything about myself. I can analyze, I can see everything else, but I would ask myself and run it past my thoughts twice before I confirmed it or denied it. And I realized for me, a lot of that was because of a lot of thoughts were projected into me early about myself. I'm hyper aware of myself because of, I had a 10 year age gap of a person telling me of all the things about myself. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So I'm very mindful of how I come across. I'm very mindful of how I can rub people the wrong way. Mm. If anything, it's been highlighted that I rub people the wrong way in the, in these ways since I've been 13. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like it's made me hyper aware of things that, what happens if all the 
like I said, I'm acknowledging that this relationship wasn't a relationship, right? An appropriate one. It's a lot of the things that were told about me or said, like I'm trying to throw away things that don't work or don't fit. Narratives that never were real, but used to control me. And then also like trying to move forward and be like clear. You get what I'm saying? Like it's almost, there have been times I've been very frustrated with the fact of being like, this is not how it was supposed to go. Children are not supposed to be taken advantage of. What happened? Or when did you realize that, oh, this is not this. I have to I have to get out of this. Or rather, most importantly, when did you realize that this is actually abuse? And, and that may be completely two different timelines. I think that they are because I'm still um, and this is me being extremely candid. I could still call them. You know, like if I wanted to. So it took me, uh, it took me maybe about a good four, maybe five, six years ago when I realized like I'm angry whenever this person hits me up. You know, like mm. I, I felt angry and I felt like the anger body and hold, disgust. keep score. Yes. Woo. Girl, I therapy. That was the first book that I got told to read. You get what I'm saying? Like, um, so for sure, like I felt hot. And heated, and but I would still answer. Mm -hmm. There was something in me that still felt loyal to that answer. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Here comes the protection. Mm -hmm. Here comes Mm -hmm. a lot of the things because to me, I consented Mm -hmm. to this relationship. Mm -hmm. Now look at me. I'm an adult. I'm a mother. I don't want nothing from you. He's still living his mama house. You get what I'm saying? He's forty something years old now. Like he's still living his mama house. Still ain't got it together. I don't know much else, but I just know that karma's a thing. You get what I'm saying? I see what happens when you take advantage of someone's innocence. Oh, when you don't do the work. Yeah, yep. I see what happens, mm-hmm. point blank, period. Now, you can do the work, and that will land you... That will land you in Jana. That will land you in heaven. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, excuse me, that will put you where you need to go at your resting place. But until you get there, you will be... <laughs> You won't be at rest. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, um, we've had, he and I have had many conversations over the years of me, like while I've been unlearning, while I was figuring it out. Um, so I want to say the first time when I got out of it, I I got out of it at 18, 19. That's when I kind of like went ghost. Um, because I was, I had met someone new (laughs) my age and I had shared with them. I had disclosed with them like, this is what the experience that I had been experiencing. And they were like, oh, no, get this weird-ass, old-ass nigga away from me. You know, like, their response to it was... <laughs> their was response real. to it kind of... Was real I, life, real yeah. world. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and up until that point, like I said, with the isolation. So let me scale back the way it was in New York. I, I didn't understand it at the time, but I see it now. I was labeled a fast girl, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I had the body. Mm-hmm. I remember getting in trouble in fifth grade because like a little boy told the teacher that I was doing like this in my shirt in art class. And I was like, you mean when you suck a piece of paper in my back Mm -hmm. of my shirt? And I like, Mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying? Like, it was just something to make me do it to get me in trouble. And here I'm like, it's that was the first time that I was like, I got in trouble for my body, body, like in a place where I was like, I didn't do anything that's fifth grade. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, 13 is that eighth. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, so I was in a very vulnerable 
place where the little boys or the little older boys in the hood, like they would make comments. They, people knew though, my mom didn't play. Mm-hmm. So none of these people close to me, they would make comments or different stuff like that. But ultimately I was off limits to uh, the men mm-hmm. because my mom is young. My mom knew these men. So my mom was very like, mm-hmm. I see y'all. But the one place that she left me unattended, Church. my mom didn't attend, attend with me. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. She doing what she needs to do. You get what I'm saying? I need that. That's what she's looking how she New York stuff, girl. Drop your baby off and go. And, and single mother <laughs> you know? stuff, like, girl. And single mother stuff. Like you need the community. Yeah. And ain't nothing wrong with that. But then the community gotta nothing. have to have your back for like protect women, protect mothers, be there children. For them. Children. Protect like. children. Facts and period. Child. And you know what's so crazy about this whole situation? Years later, I found out that, you know, different directors of the church program and stuff had meetings with this person. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, the, or meetings or things would come people up. People knew. But people, and that's. That's. That, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron. Of, I'm again, sorry. This is. I'm so this, sorry. I'm not so only did sorry. They know, I was shamed and judged. And this is why my mom, like I said, like I had to put in perspective for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand as a kid why we picked up and moved. I came back from summer camp. My mom, the U-Haul was packed when my mom drove down the hill. So, like, you get what I'm saying? Like we got out the car. She was like, all right, get in the U-Haul. I had just like, I had just crossed over socially by doing um like, I was a drum major of a, like a community marching band at the time. And like, I had just accepted that we were doing a Puerto Rican day parade the next day. And like, I was so ready and pumped. And this was the first time I'm doing like a major parade in, in New York city. And my mom was like, where well, you're not going, we're moving. And didn't tell and you my nothing. Mom, no. What she told me was I read your diary. Oh, I had been gone for weeks. <laughs> oh. She had a lot of time to, you get what I'm saying? Well, I had left. And she found out what she found out and she picked us up and she moved us. Mind you, because my mom at the time, were her, were, we had a lot of fights that day, given a lot of resistance, you know, uh, but um, at, there was no therapy. There was a lot of blame on me. You get what I'm saying? There was a lot of blame on look what you did to the family. Look what you had to, we had to do, you know, to save you. And mm. I held on to that for a very long time because there was a lot of, with my family stuff. A lot of things shifted and changed. We lost a lot of community when we moved. There was nobody, you know, we didn't have the support. So my family experienced homelessness. There have been a lot of things that I've carried since then that I've had to kind of like, you know, just like release myself of because I assumed that this relationship that I'm thinking was the highlight of my life. Like the, it set the president. For my relationships. You get what I'm saying? So, like, there, we continuously go back. It, 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 there's to, this interesting thing, this hard thing. And I have an 11-year-old mm-hmm. girl, right? And there's, especially with mother-daughter um, relationships, there's this very thin line between holding and celebrating your daughter's blooming into a woman discovering her sensual power right because like when you're 13 14 that's when you know you start getting attention and you start realizing this power that you have and mothers either resent you for it shame (laughs) you for it facts neglect it completely and act like it's not there doesn't exist right you'll figure it out somehow or they like 
and I don't know many mothers, but there probably are some mothers that possibly, you know, like embrace embrace i hope yeah. that a mother can embrace it my hope is i'm just talking about the negative parts possibly i didn't mean embrace but like, like join you like now I mean, like right, we sisters like now we like, run in right. these streets like let's right. let's do this we thing here. we out here we outside you know we outside no facts and and <laughs> then you know when when you do find out because similar to to me when my parents found out that i was sexually active they were shocked and then it's like you're shocked. They were shocked. I was shamed. And then it was closed. I, I did what I needed to do. We had the talk and then it's, Forbidden. it's closed not to consider what, what to continue to explore and uncover and talk to and handhold and go back to leave space leave space and and just be there with them like that's a time where you get even more close to your baby girl if you find out that she's been having sex for for two you've been having what a thing but but we have so much Mm -hmm. your mom and my parents had so much shit that they weren't able to articulate and name and work through that they didn't she didn't even have the capacity and all you know is like Girl, I got my ass whooped. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, trust me, I know. Like, because her thought was, and for a very long time again, and it's so crazy. She said, "You know better. You know better. And don't. And why don't you care? Why Why don't you have higher regard for yourself? Don't you know you're worthy? Yep. Yeah. Don't you like? Didn't I show you? Didn't I? And show the truth you? is, it. No. No. And the reality of it is, no one can show you. And that is that is the conversation. You get what I'm saying. Our parents here are here to aid us. They are here to journey with us, and maybe even have the conversation with us. It's like, baby, that has to pull from yourself. And this is why I'm talking to you, trying to give you the tools for you to quantify what that looks like for you. Because like you have to. St- the truth is, you're gonna have to stand strong on it. The reality of it is, once my mother and I got closer, we've had these conversations. I think what she. What she expressed to me was the world got to me before she could. You get what I'm saying? My mom and I were so close in age that, mind you, she she was right. I did know better. I knew that the relationship on paper wasn't good. I knew that if the police found out that this would be wrong. I knew these things, but there was a need that I was looking to fill. And that I distinctly remember because it was not at home. It was, and you know, that's... Like, I think that's the crux. I think that that is the meat and potatoes of it, though. You know, it's like disposition. Yeah, it's just like this. And I'll I'll just speak as a single mom, right? Like as a single mom, you have so much responsibility, and the needs of a child. We we also just like limit the needs to a child as like, oh, you in a good school, you're getting good grades, you're you have good manners. You dress well, well and you eaten well and you you're able to clean up. If you've if you've hit all of those marks, like I'm doing a good doing job. Yep, but I'm like you have no sense of how your baby is unfolding in their inner world. In their minds. In their yep. minds, in their hearts. Are you like how are you, you really connecting yep. with your, you? your kid? And that's intimate. Intimate. Intimacy. Because that is exactly what my groomer used. Because, like, I wasn't, like, a, I wasn't a regular child. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to just sit and play with toys. No, you wanted emotional intelligence. Yes, emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence. I had questions about why, what is love? 
you know? Mm-hmm. And why why are people homeless? Mm-hmm. You know, I had questions that, like, my parents couldn't spend the time. I distinctly remember sometimes my, asking my mother questions. And she'd be like, can you stop? She couldn't. She now, didn't have the capacity for that. She didn't have the capacity for you. And as much as now as an adult, I understand that. It's like, damn. And this is like not to put my mama T in business out there, but I knew before me, you had a termination before me. What was the point? Mm. Why pick and choose? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like to the point in which that you brought this child here only to then give up and then say, I don't have the capacity to withdraw. The child is just supposed to accept it, you know, and then the child demands intimacy from them. You know, you can't have a kid and that, and that's too much. They touch on all of your, your hard areas you know what i mean mm-hmm. they want yeah, no facts yeah they they make you go into yourself you yeah know what I'm saying? like and serious my son he will ask me questions that like will knock the wind out mm-hmm. my chest you get what i'm saying sorry my computer <laughs> heard me say that but um <laughs> he will ask me a question <laughs> yep <laughs> he will ask me a question and knock the wind out my chest and i'm just sitting here like thankfully my overthinking ass, I've thought about this already. You get what I'm saying? Like, I may not have come to an answer, but I've literally, like, it shows me, there's something, there's a practice that I do often, and it may not be good, I don't know, but I'm gonna just throw it out there and feel free, other people may do it or feel free to take it up if you don't. But when I'm talking to my son, I look at him in the eyes and I, like, I imagine, I look at him as he is, but then I imagine myself looking at me from his age. You get what I'm saying? Like, I put myself in a six-year-old body. Mm. And I think about, and I immediately try to feel, like, what, something as simple as, you remember Caramel Apples? Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite scents when I was six. You get what I'm saying? Like, I can recall the vibe, the mood, what I'm feeling here, because then I put myself back into his shoes. And when he's looking at me, and when I'm redirecting him, when I'm sharing. Wow, yeah. Girl, it, Mm -hmm. it, it's, I have to because without it i'm trying to figure out even when you ask me this question what are you asking you know like what do you want to know because i don't want to just answer this is my crazy so i don't want to just answer what you're asking me you know i kind of want to prompt you to ask more questions because maybe there's more to what you were asking what you were trying to get at now some things you're not going to be interested in you're not going to ask another thing cool but i don't want you to feel like i'm disinterested in what you organically you just brought to me you just want, that i think you're just seeing blows you're my seeing mind. him you're holding him yeah. and it ain't even about the questions and the yeah. answers it's about the attention yeah. it's about the patience yeah. it's about the openness it's about the connection yeah. it's about the energy that you're allowing him to feel what it's like to have this back and forth of like, Oh, somebody sees me. Somebody cares about me. They're what they're there for me. I feel safe with them. I can go to them and feel safe. I can go to them and feel safe. My needs are met in a way that you don't have to go anywhere else. Either pull it in or fish for it and or pull it out fish of you for it because and get it and accept it from anybody as well yeah because that's the thing if i feel like i gotta or if a child has in the relationship or with you where they're where the you know how some children are just like emotionally like you know really open and fluid mm-hmm. you know they just go up and hug you mm-hmm. they ask you how mm-hmm. your day was when that child put is putting in all that emotional labor i was that child mm-hmm. i'm putting in all that emotional labor in on my parents 
my mom at one point, I remember seeing, she used to have like notifications pop up on her phone to remind her to hug us, mm. like individually. My mm. mom had three kids. You could, it would say, hug, hug Aaron, hug Kenny. Like, you know, it would say, like, for her consciously. Now, she would do it when she felt moved. But what happens if she's moving around too much and she realizes she had to put her arms around us in the moment? She had figured out, you get what I'm saying? Like, I have to consciously be aware. When I was younger, my mama or daddy wasn't around to hug me. I want, there was sometimes I just wanted a random hug, you know? So she, so when I saw that, I remember feeling some type of, I was like, you have to put a reminder in your phone to hug me? She said, that's for the extra times in which that I'm like, I feel like I'm too busy or that I might forget, which is reality, you know? Like as a mother, as a single mom, <laughs> we have so many things on our plate that just because maybe, maybe because they're not crawling into our laps right now at this point, because they've learned to be self-sufficient, you know? Like, that's what evolution is. Eventually we adapt. So whatever it is that you've been looking for for me from since you entered this world earth side, you know, like I'm on, I'm still on the quest of figuring that out. Um, I may have felt like I, I gave my son enough cuddles and stuff as a new mom. Right. But our relationship now could reflect that maybe I didn't, maybe his relationship with other women can reflect yeah. that I didn't. Yeah. I still have time to build though. Yeah. He's yeah. still my child. Yeah. You know, um, are you? No, I'm listening. You good? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm good. We 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 could go on and on about this. Um, I see, girl. But I don't want to. I I want to kind of two things that I want to make clear. Um, you know, again, you, you had to recognize what had happened, how you were taken right. advantage of, and then you had to recognize the consequence of all of these things, which is, you know, these feelings of, um, Inadequacy, uh, and lack yeah, of if clarity, you could start naming them and self, then mm -hmm. lack of self-confidence, girl, I got a, a bit because it, it really represents the unashamed <laughs> woman, uh, brand or narrative that I kind of like, kind of like created. And that was organic too, because that was also me. It is impossible to shame a woman who is unashamed came from me recognizing that I had been taken advantage of. That's that sentiment in my first book um, is from that that epiphany. You get what I'm saying? Like to the point that's when I realized that I was in the point in my in my evolution and journey that without telling the story, there is no other context. You get what I'm saying? Like you don't. It makes a lot more sense. My brashness. You get what I'm saying? Like, like just the way that I'm here makes sense based on how I was taken advantage of. And now I'm taking control of the narrative without having the story or without being able to pinpoint it. Um, you're kind of like just like making a mess everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, like you don't you, you're not really um, in tune with yourself or in tune how other people can receive you because not everybody has the same experiences as you. Mm -hmm. So what I was experiencing was like extreme imposter syndrome mm. you know who am i um that was a major question that i could start have performative answers for and what i mean by performative you know like questions somebody say talk about yourself and you're like you say the things i'm kind i'm nice i'm compassionate this that you get what i'm saying like i had rehearsed something in which that 
you know, you size that up to your peers and people are like, yeah, you're that, you're that, you're that. You kind of like the, these things are validated. But then there was points where I would hear things that were new. And like I said, I would be uncomfortable with the fact that like I couldn't even confidently say yes or no. I, I love that conviction. There's some people are so convicted um, about themselves mm-hmm. that like I was enamored with being with some people not no like or some people no that person's not capable of that Mm -hmm. you know if somebody i realized a lot of people with me were ambiguous they didn't know what i was capable of and that kind of made me feel some type of way i was like well i'm only this person i'm only this and whatever but and then i realized "Mm, well the reason why i'm not like this all the time is because i've learned people are like that you get what i'm saying i started to realize where the clauses were inserted and how i made a lot of like provisions for living based off of my fear of what people could or would be capable of or did Mm -hmm. um so I spent a lot of time um not necessarily thinking the worst of people but not necessarily thinking that they were capable of being good Mm. you know um a lot of worrying about the people that I'm inviting into my life, like just second guessing myself and I had to realize like where did the second guessing come from like I felt I go from feeling extremely sure to unsure where, how, you know, nothing has, nothing has drastically changed Mm. or at least that's what I felt like the pandemic. Yes. But that was part of it. Isolation, you know, like it put me back. Um, I regressed. It put me back into a space of realizing that like, I don't know what is Mm. anymore. Mm. And this had nothing to do with the internet per se for me because I, none of that, again, I would see comments on the internet and be like, what? You know? So I had a a disconnect with the people or with people in that like space of that regard in reference to how they viewed me because I would get into close interpersonal relationships with people and felt like they, I felt like I am showing them myself, but being read or misread. Mm. And I'm like, how is that possible? Mm. You get what I'm saying? In my mind, I'm thinking I'm this. I'm thinking I'm that. Why isn't that translating? Mm. Instead of being like, I'm okay with like, oh, I don't have any friends, which is not necessarily true. You get what I'm saying? Instead of being okay with that, it's unpacking that. Why are you okay and confident saying as a grown-ass woman, you ain't got no friends? Mm. Like, like that is a trophy to carry around. Mm. Like you're happy with that narrative as if it's a thing like, Oh, I just do my own thing. I see that narrative a lot. Like, you know, women, I don't hang in groups. I don't mm-hmm. do this and there, blah, blah, blah. Your sisters are some of the best, most intimate, non-sexual love that you will ever have in your mm-hmm. life. You know? And once you realize that as a wealth, you, you realize that as a currency, you want to keep it around. Mm-hmm. You want to be that. Mm-hmm. You want to be known as a good friend. You want to be known as these things that people now granted I have people in my life that irregardless of what I've experienced they see me you know but it made me wonder the people that don't know me can they see me Mm -hmm. you know so good better and different so it just made me kind of ask myself the question um as far as in terms of like validation can I validate myself and in what ways can I validate myself and unlearning uh or dismantling shame Mm -hmm has been a big part of the next chapter in my life because fear is exceptionally debilitating, you know, like to the point that um, literally it'll physically make you sick, Mm -hmm. you know? So without having the clarity of kind of like just hearing where certain narratives or the certain ways I thought about myself or my capabilities came from. Now, mind you, um, again, I thought this relationship was real, right? So I'm not saying all of it was like a whole bunch of like grooming doesn't, 
grooming's not necessarily abusive in the terms of like you ain't sh- you you know and a whole bunch of negative uh-huh. no this was a lot of positive affirmation right. and talk but inappropriate but it was inflation yeah correct it was inflated in a way that could be very dangerous and damaging yeah. you get what i'm saying so like and because i'm hyper aware of that i'm underperforming mm. you get what i'm saying and i'm holding myself to am i as great mm. you get what i'm saying am i really or is this pseudo mm. is this projected is this grandiose because this person had an agenda and they wanted me word, word, to word. be that that train of yeah. that agenda you get what yeah. i'm saying like it's a very interesting yep. thing and i started to to scale back and um i don't know if people notice but i i've even become very exceptionally more modest in how i post mm-hmm. you know just trying to be really intentional about the that. imagery yep yep <laughs> about the imagery and um what I'm sharing, because for a very long time, I have been unlearning mm-hmm. a lot of things. And now with a more conscientious effort, I'm, I, I see 30, you know, I see things a lot differently now. And I can see them a lot clearer being able to pinpoint the last time I had my free thoughts, you know, like my free. And I'm not talking about like um, when I was told, like, you know, that some women are just sexually liberated. You know, like some women are just to explain why I should feel comfortable with mine. Because for me, I wasn't, I was very prudish, you know, I was very to myself. If anything, my experience exalted my promiscuity, exalted my showingness, you know, like exalted. It gave the people, if if anything, what they wanted in trying to shame me. It was almost like. We were going to do reverse psychology because this is how we really want her to be. Mm. So I had to unlearn things. I'm like, like naturally it was so crazy. I could talk about sex, but like, I'm also very like private about things. You Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So being as though, like I realized that based off certain images or certain, whatever people thinking I'm open. Oh, I'm like, where are you getting these ideas Uh from? You get what I'm saying? And I had to really put myself in, like I said, perspective position. And I had to, not just my truth, that truth, the truth, you know? And I had to look at it like, okay, if I've never met me before, never had a conversation with me, what does this look like I'm I'm, I'm saying? What does this look like? My, what is my agenda? What side of the fence am I on, you know? And ultimately for me, I've always been on the fence of a woman. It is impossible to shame a woman who is unashamed, period. Doesn't matter in what? Political choices body choices, you know, spiritual choices. If one day I decided to wake up and I wanted to completely convert my life over to Islam, I am unashamed. Mm-hmm. You get what yeah. I'm saying? It's to me is in the liberation of realizing you have that full autonomy and control over yourself as that adult woman. And it, that's why it emphasizes womanhood because that's when I realized no one's going to change this narrative for you. There's not going to be a prince to come in and save you. You have to do it yourself. You get what I'm saying? So, like, once I put that hat on and acknowledged that, everything else became, like, full speed ahead, you know? So that's pretty much where I'm at in my journey, where I realized (laughs) that self-doubt doesn't fit in anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't make money and be like, are people going to like that? It's not going to work anymore for me. Like, it's not cute anymore, you know? Like, it's when you're a young girl and you're trying to figure these things out, sure, maybe. You get what I'm saying? Like, the damsel in distress thing. And uh, up until that, 
as an adult woman, you're going to loop and continue to be taken advantage of and be heartbroken and be ostracized and be worn through. And the next thing you know, these are all your personal choices and decisions. This was your autonomy. You know, and I didn't, I was like, nah. This but you had to go back to that know? source of 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 what was causing yeah. that disconnect in the first place, and, and I had to think about the last time I remembered, like before the pressures. You get what I'm saying? But when's the last before I was thinking about sex? Mm-hmm. What I look like, mm-hmm. my body, and I was like, this all goes stems back before that moment. Before it was Fourth of July weekend in 2003. I mean 2004. Excuse me. And then me. unraveling so, the corruption of of so much innocence and the taking advantage of the openness and the yeah. ache that. Yes. And it, I think it's really because important that we acknowledge and hold space and compassion for that ache because I think it's just a part of the human experience and it's not like yeah. you know um, women or men or whoever who didn't or did fall victim to being taken advantage of you know that that, that it's any fault of us or right. ours that we experience one being very open and yeah. two having that ache or having that longing for connection nothing's wrong with that um and it doesn't go away and it don't go away <laughs> that's the truth healthy you parenting partnering yeah. whatever it's that's just that's part of the existential angst and how how we care for ourselves and love up on ourselves mm-hmm. is is how we manage it because it's just man it's about managing it it ain't going nowhere no. like you said it's not going nowhere i, I think girl. of antoinette i wish she was here on um this episode because i think she's such an open being she's such a uh an, an honest about her ache beautiful and i think she has felt um, frustrated. I'm not going to speak for her, but I see her feeling frustrated and often taken advantage of or even overlooked because people that see that are are like overwhelmed by it or, no, you know. Absolutely. And I think she, I don't know her when she was a little girl, but I can imagine her being that open young girl open, yeah. that wanted like, connection, generous with the energy. Yeah, who don't lose it, and that is something that that's also the beautiful, that's the beautiful part in the aching mm-hmm. because the idea is you don't want to lose no. it, and that's why it it's hurts. It's a natural. So much. It's a human. Con- it's a need for connection. It's, it's who I am. Yeah. You know. So yeah. That's part of the and, reason why, I like, and to get rid of it, like you, <clears throat> you, we know women like this where you're like we can't connect with her. Like she's 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 lost herself along mm-hmm. the way. And that's no fault of her own, Mm -hmm. but there was a choice in which that she had to choose survival or herself. And she just chose to live in this shell, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is not, we know we see it all the time, like 60, 70, 80 year old women dying alone. Mm -hmm. We see it in that because it was in the inability to forgive yourself Mm -hmm. for the position you Mm -hmm. played Mm -hmm. in the disadvantages that, you know, that were against you. Mm -hmm. You had no play in that mm-hmm. you didn't play in it and it was the reality no one no one even knows it to be able to tell you because you took it with you you're just holding on to it and that's that's something that I realize as children we don't do children are very innocent and open and fragrant with their um their stories they they speak to one another they tell 
I was at home and mommy put her wig on a, you know, like they talk to open. one another. They yeah. open. Yeah. And when we decide that, no, I no longer want to do that. We do ourselves such a disservice that we live unhappy with for the rest of however, whenever we make that decision until. But once we've made that decision, we also don't grow past that point. Mm -hmm. You know, like so when if you made that decision at 11 years old, you're still 11 on how you answer conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still 11 how you show up to work to doing work you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. You're you have never to getting your needs met to asking for your needs to be met to yeah right. to find to pleasure to, to find connection to most importantly yeah. in how you find pleasure how you find connection you know yes. um in that connection there is all the things there is the pleasure there's the knowledge yeah. there's the wisdom there's the growth the growth so like i guess that answers the question you are still it, it feels like you have not shied away and you're moving away from shaming and um finding a fault or blame for the little 13 year old Aaron who was open enough absolutely because to be was, taken advantage another, and continue to do that you know there was a major context of that that like I said I'm still working on acknowledging now this is it's difficult because like I said there were a lot of adults to me I I didn't know that so many adults were aware, Joe. you know, um, as a child in that my situation, I really thought that I had it under wraps. Let's say that. So that is something that um, to kind of like be on the opposite end, on the other side of it now, or to be working on getting to the other side of it and, you know, sharing or disclosing certain things with people from that time. They're kind of like, well, yeah, we knew, but, you know, like that is. You would you deserve difficult. to be protected and I'm sorry that you weren't. You deserve to be protected. You, you deserve somebody no. to have to hold you accountable, to tell you different, to right. consistently pursue and help you untangle yourself. Because you were yep. tangled to prioritize, to prioritize yep. your freedom and your liberation as a 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old girl caught up just trying right. to have your needs met by somebody that yep. wasn't safe. Yeah. Like, and you know, the whole crazy, this girl, we, like I said, we could talk about this forever, especially like you said. Um, and I think a lot of us, especially who've experienced these things have a natural knack of there's two extremes. We either are overtly aggressive with, to go after what it is that we want, or we accept the things that come to us, mm -hmm. you know? And I find myself between the balance or at least in my life, I have been, between the extremes, not the balance, <laughs> the extremes where I'm overtly aggressive. No, I want this. I'm, I'm hell bent on it. I'm, I'm all fire behind it. And this is not a good idea or decision. I didn't think this through, you know, or the opposite. I'm hyper-focused on myself. I got my tunnel vision on and now I'm only entertaining this because now it's landed in my lap. Mm -hmm. You know, a boundary is a boundary. That's something about being taken advantage of that for me that I had realized that I had troubles with. Um, understanding boundaries um which th that's not good for relationships <laughs> like you get what i'm saying like no, it's not. that's not good at all mm -hmm. um and i think boundary i think we throw that word boundaries around so lucidly that i think from what i've learned 
And what I've been learning, boundaries are bound, <laughs> boundless. <laughs> you get what I'm saying for a lack of better term in which like my boundaries are mine, yours are yours. And they're subtle. We have subtle boundaries. We have hard boundaries. You know, we have boundaries in which that once you get close to, you don't even know that that person has hit a boundary until like you're, you reacted. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Based off the things and the experiences in which that you've had in your personal life and my, and I have my own. The reality of it is our own experiences are also, also show us how we respect and establish our boundaries with other people. I can't say to you, hey, I don't like it when you call my phone back to back to back, but then I call your phone back to back right. to back. You get what I'm saying? Like it's a, and the only reason why I don't like it is because I don't want to feel the need to answer my phone. You get what I'm saying? Like it's not even a real bound. It's something that I've just been learning and unworking mm -hmm. and unlearning, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, reconfiguring for myself as far as like, are my ideas, are my pet peeves, are my wants, desires, needs, are they on my own original thought? Mm. That was a simple question that I asked myself. And if they were, you know, okay, cool, stored under a core belief or something of mine that validates and kind of like affirms who I am as a person, you know, acknowledging who I am. Um, anything else that doesn't fit or just seems like outdated or this, and like I wasn't tied to it. So that goes back to my hair. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like in which this process I had been in where I was like, okay, I was here for this period of time. I acknowledge that. I see that. It was either great, glorious, indifferent, whatever. Here's my review. Here's what's next. <laughs> you know, you get what I'm saying? Here's what's next. Um, and that is okay. You know, so that narrative of me being taken advantage of at 13, you know, that happened. Yeah. You know, sigh, you know, like accept, breathe in, sigh, release. But I don't have to perpetuate the behaviors and live in the isolation mm -hmm. and to continue mm -hmm. like, you know, self-doubt and mm -hmm. the second guessing mm -hmm. in my thirties, mm -hmm. that's double, that's over the lifespan in which the infraction mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. I've been living with it longer as a result than I actually got to experience it. I would, I thought that I, this is the person I was going to be married to. Mm -hmm. Like with all my beliefs, I thought all of that was worth it. Cause I thought we were going to be, I'm not even divorced from the person. Mm -hmm. And I had all opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, I could call them if I wanted to. So I, I, I knew that that's not what I wanted. I didn't know what I needed to do. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In order to kind of free myself from the mental prison that I had been in. I had gotten away from the relationship. I felt in control. But you can perpetuate you know? in that in your spirit. Yeah. And with the relationships I had been in. Yep. You know, like yep. after that. That's, like, how, that's how it be. That's how it be. Girl. Shout out Girl. to you. Shout out to the child work you're probably doing. Shout out to you looking like a baby again with your baby face cutting <laughs> your hair off. Shout out to I you healing your 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 yeah. younger self in your relationship with your son. Um, shout out to all of us that are doing the work and and just you know what are the shout I can't remember anything. But um, I believe Angela Davis, I think Angela Davis said, I'm not sure, but like liberation comes by pulling, pulling it up from the roots. What the hell is that saying? What is it? Let me get it together. Something like that. Liberation means pulling it up from, from the roots. I need somebody to help me. No. Yeah, I can't find it, but um, I should have Angela Davis. What does she say? Yeah. 
Ah, uh, yes. Radical. Radical. Yeah. The, the concept of yeah. radical simply means pulling something up from the root. And I think this radical self-love or this radical mm-hmm. whatever, transformation, whatever, <laughs> you're doing radical shit by grasping um, from the root and yeah. and growing exactly. anew, right? Like you're growing anew. Um, reinventing reinventing yourself. While also deeply I, caring for yourself and that and that the parts that hurt, right? Because you can't just like throw it away. It's still like right. You still have you to tend because it's gonna follow you. Yeah, and that's the truth. And I think that was the reality for me that in the moment I didn't think that I was affected mm. by something that for me it was probably aside from my birth and my actual existence. This has been equal to half of my story. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? There is no Aaron without this part mm-hmm. of the story. So when we ask, whenever I've done an interview or ask the question, like, what did, where did the woke quote, quote come from? I had never told that story. Mm-hmm. So to give that context, it didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. No, this is new. I'm, I'm on my new trajectory. Mm-hmm. This is my new life. You mm-hmm. know, everybody that was a part of my life when I was in New York, before I moved, the adults that knew these things, look at me now, mm-hmm. you know? That was what I had been focused on when the reality of it is, regardless of if they, it was on their mind or not, that it was that was on my heart. Yeah. Look at me now, yeah. you know, and that, who am I? You get yeah. what I'm saying? And that's something so subtle that I think that you won't even, even, I'm pretty sure even some people hearing this conversation, you have to be at a certain level of honesty within yourself to acknowledge, you know, if certain accolades or successes or ways that you view yourself are disingenuous or not Mm. you know is it really coming Um, from a place of 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 your authenticity or is it coming from a a place of trying to recover and hide from trauma hurt you know or Uh trying to outlive a thing or you know doing like you know or working on um ancestral work or genetic hereditary trauma and this and a third like I had to write <laughs> real work, um, spiritual work. So like for me, I had to kind of like take a break and just really look at it. Like the reality of the situation is you think that you were unaffected. Good for you. You are, you're of man. You get what I'm saying? You're a human. Mm-hmm. So like, of course you think you have the answers, mm-hmm. you know? So in my submission, <laughs> in my submission to my spirit, like where does my spirit go when um I have questions, mm-hmm. you know? And what, what space am I filling up in myself by being like questioning myself at this rate, the work that I put in the, you know, the accolades I've amassed, the stuff that I built with my own hands. I don't need anybody else to confirm it. I have writings and I technically have journals filled with stuff that no one's ever seen that I, it doesn't disqualify me as being a writer because I don't post it, you know, like, and I know that what else do I know, you know, with that same conviction. And I think that that is very important when it comes to, you know, identifying ourselves and our pushing ourselves forward. And if we are our biggest support. Yep. And doing right. Like it's can't be done for us, you know? So it has to be self-motivated and. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to have more to talk about. I, I, I definitely want to have you on again. I have two kids kicking and cackling in the back and it's about 10 or nine. So I have to do some, um, like smackdown come on now let's get it together Um, taking advantage of me in this moment but um i literally have to do the same 
if you would like to watch the video, um, I think everybody should, especially if this is something that you think um, you experienced and you just are just trying to now develop the language around it. Please check out Aaron's YouTube channel. It's Good Karma. Um, if you like to learn and see the growth of Erin from when she was very, very little itty bitty thing to where she is now, you can check her out on her Instagram at Erin Melism. How do you spell that? E-R-Y-N-A-M-E-L-I-S-M. If you want to support her, and I hope that you do, she's a mother, she's an artist, she's a writer, yeah. she's a wonderful creative being, and she does deserve our support. Check her out at her shop. It's Erin Amel Shop with two E's. I swear you've seen her work before so you're going to connect a lot of dots and things are going to come full circle like, oh my god i saw that t-shirt I, I saw that book that's why she looked familiar to me um i think that's cool though like, support you know, the homie like, you know, an amazing businesswoman and mind so and self-published author so i thank you I appreciate you. you. So many things have even uh, become more clear and apparent to me and are calling me to be even more accountable and responsible in my work. So you're doing the oh, work like there, that. gal. Girl, I think, you know, I think that's exactly what work should feel like. The work should be on ourselves. Like you can't tell nobody about themselves without you doing it. And I think the the biggest review teller out here is you doing the work and people seeing it work for you and then they applying it for themselves. Amen. So. I don't need no accolades. I don't need no, like, you know, I don't need no, nobody to be like, Erin did this. No, it's self-work, you know, and I'm just thankful for this space to kind of like flow with it, you know? Thank so you I for really sharing you and your transparency platform. and uh, honesty. And yeah, we see in the growth. I think especially because people think that they, like you said, they think they know you and it's like, yeah. God, you don't know. Yo, literally, Let's go down I the rabbit you. hole. I don't even know myself. You know, I'm figuring it out my damn self. You know, I'm switching her up or whatever. She was cute. She's cuter now. Like, no. you, like, you know, I just think the reality of it is, like, you are allowed to reinvent yourself, you know? You better be. You should be. You are allowed to. Shit. And then, like, without the reminder, and if we listen to everybody else, everybody else is so busy fighting over who gets to, who doesn't. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. No, I ain't got time for that. So while y'all busy figuring it out, I'm going to do. And then you realize, oh, wait, before you look up. That's who you are. Amen. Always been solid, you know? So, like, it is what it is. So, we're here now. Is there anything else you want to share with the people? Is anything coming up? Or you just... We, we I, don't get it. I'm pretty much... I'm open. My, I know that this work, this conversation could, like I said, we already know, could be very loaded and very heavy. Um, I have been doing said work a little... For a, for a while now, you know? conscientiously doing the work so if anybody wants to have like open conversation or is looking for space i'm not asking for my dms to be open to dump on me mm -hmm. but i would say like you know like if you want to shoot me a message or send me an email my all my con my connection is through social media so if you have anything you would like to say or offer support or leave a comment under the youtube like you know it gives me space to talk more about my experience um, I have a part three coming out. I've, I'm doing it in parts as the journey unfolds itself, you know? Wow. So I will, girl, I'm, it's, it's not, 
a, it doesn't work like that. It's not just a story, you know, and that's it. There's work that has to be done. The calling a spade a spade was just the start, you know. Um, and there's just a lot of work that can be done in getting women to recognize, not just when it happens in themselves, but how we can stop it from happening to our children. And, and that's another, and that's a whole nother that's episode. A, I, we, we need to girl, get to that because that's very important. That's very and important. And I see a lot, you get what I'm saying? I see a lot with parents creating like the social media for their children. Like I see a lot. Child. So I'm trying my hardest to back walk right now and lay the groundworks because 40, 50 year old Aaron needs this groundwork laid in order when I'm ready like, like, I'm, I may not be accessible to sit and have all these conversations hey, with you, but here's the roadmap. Okay. You know what I'm <laughs> Take advantage of you can. Was you Maya might Angelou have, you might on the phone with you her agent or her manager or some shit, or she might be in a cave in Costa Rica someplace just away from Actually, all of you. <laughs> all right. We, well, this is... I'll be where Tupac at. This is a... <laughs> This is a very long episode, but I hope that I think it was worth it. And um, again, rate, comment, share, subscribe, and we will see y'all next week. We out. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> very good. Yo, I don't even know you and I hate you See, all I know is that my girlfriend used to date you How would you feel if she held you down and raped you? Tried and tried, but she never could escape you